But you see the phrase <laughs> the barbecue sauce comes with the white pillowcase. Uh, you've got to hand it out to the kids trick or treating, right? Oh, that's the best. I want to see yes. a plate of meat candy with kids in Halloween costumes behind. These little yeah. children pull up and they get these soggy cubes. <laughs> What's up, y'all? Welcome to that Reload Podcast. It's a special Halloween episode where we could be talking all things Halloween and tasty treats for adults. I have something across from me, the man, the bruge. Jeremy, the kitchen white law. I'm losing it right now. I, I gotta quit. Yeah. Um, I thought you were going for like Chef Boyardee there and so you said Halloween. No, I was going for more like the, the Muffet guy. Chef I'm just saying that it was very meh. Okay, good. Uh, oh, well, I did my best. Across from him is our pit master and producer, the man that tickles all the clips, Mr. Matt Farr. Levels, levels. And last but not least, the sweet and sassy, sometimes salty, Miss Stacy. Hey, guys. And I didn't mention myself. I'm Joel. Anyways, so, uh, special We episode. have a special episode. So, Halloween is just around the corner. Mm. We're talking adult candy, though, meat candy. Today, we're going to be talking about all the different kinds of ways to cook candied meats. Jeremy, have I made it sound terrible? Yes. Uh, so when you told us meat candy in the uh, in our rundown before the episode, I thought that was a joke. Like you were making like a haha, that's what she said joke. But you're you're serious. Like adult meat candy is, is what you want to run with this it's one. Candy that's what we're for with. adults. Adult meat candy. Yes. Adult meats. That you put and no, in your we're mouth. not talking hot dogs. And no, we're not talking tacos. We're talking meats. Meat candy. Sticky ass meat. Sticky. Lick your chops. Oh, Sweet uh, goodness. You're not helping it. I thought Sweet that. Meat. Well, backing up a little bit. I I really. I thought I was going to get a bigger reaction out of my my intro. I it, liked it. You liked it? Yeah, I did. Okay, good. Were you going for like the count from Sesame yeah. Street? Ah, 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 two slaps. Is <laughs> <laughs> it not falling? No. All right, what's, what's everybody drinking? Think about a couple of weeks ago when you tried to count to three. Shut up. And failed miserably. That was good. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. All right, And you're Joel. wearing this cookie monster colored shirt. <laughs> Kiss my ass. What's in, what's in your cairn? Uh, yeah, let's get away from this subject. Uh, my pour that I have tonight right now is a Chattanooga Rye 99 proof. It is a solid and is a good $40 bottle. It's got amazing flavors and delicious. All right, Jeremy, Ooh, what can, are you drinking? I can vouch for that rye, but I am drinking the Old Faithful Wild Turkey 101. <laughs> Exactly. You know, I want to try that. An air horn button. You don't have to make that sound with your mouth. No. <laughs> it's much better when we do it with our mouths, Matt. <laughs> I want to try that one again because I've not had it since our first porn. We, we were. We were just talking about the uh, the 101 the other day saying we it's been, hell, it's been, it has been since uh, our first porn that me and you've had it. Mm-hmm. Our first porn we had together, honey. That's right. Yeah. 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 Matt, what are you um, yeah, sipping I, on, bro? I, I don't want anything, anything too spicy or too, or too much, and it's it's a real easy drinker because we uh we got a porn coming up on this episode. That's right. Yeah. Joel's back in the hot seat for the porn on the podcast. But yep. Matt, what are you yep. sipping on? So I'm actually on my second. I, I'm no Karen tonight. It's uh I'm sipping out of a Denver and Lily. So uh, I'm on my second pour. I started with a wild turkey rare breed mm-hmm. rye, which I've talked about several times. Yep. Delicious rye, very approachable. And then now I've moved on to a pour of Knob Creek 12 because I just can't, can't get away. drink it. It's <laughs> I so good. I just can't get enough. I, I can't quit you. 
Yeah. Anyway, so Stacy, you got something uh, a little spicy sitting in front of you. Talk I do. I'm actually really excited about this. I don't have high hopes, but Jeremy had sent us a text and he had found George Dickel Tabasco barrel finish. And you guys know me. I love hot sauce and I love bourbon. So he said, hey, you want a bottle of this? And I said, hell yeah, I want a bottle of that, boy. <laughs> boy. So he was he was kind enough to pick this up for me, and I'm going to try it for the first time. Me and you are very cheesy tonight, by the way. What? Am I cheesy? I don't know. Hey, yeah, boy. Ready? 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 Mmm. <laughs> <laughs> it could pop. I'm scared. Do you, I mean, what, what do you guys so, think? Do you think that the Tabasco is really going to pull through like high Tabasco notes N- or N- Matt's had it before? Yeah. I have a bottle of this. It's a fun, like party trick to bring out when the family's all here and, and pour it and not tell them what it is, you know, just be like, Hey, try this. It's supposed to be pretty good. Uh, <laughs> so, and then they're like, what the, a little bit poured yeah. on my hands. And so like straight from the, gra- straight, straight from the grass, um, straight from the glass, it's very high alcohol notes. I'm not really getting much more. Let me smell. But what well, pork, you, you, you just popped oh, that no, bottle. Yeah. No, that is, what I, what I, just went on my hands is very pickly, vinegary, tart. Smell my hand. Mm-hmm. No, you, smell yeah, my you hand. smell the Tabasco. I, I, got, my I finger. got it right here. Joel's like immune to any type of alcohol taste or smell. <laughs> yeah, this smell has got, this set definitely has, has that Tabasco, that vinegary Tabasco smell. All right, that here is, we go. That's cool. I want, to, I want a sip of it. It's like incredibly low proof too. Like 80 70, proof, I, I believe. It is. It's, oh, it's my God. It is 70 proof. It's, this is, it's not a bourbon. Technically, technically, it's a flavored whiskey. It's Tabasco water. Okay. Definitely good, but the after finish is kind of sweet. It needs a little bit <laughs> more burn other than it's, it's spicy, but like spicy as in Tabasco spicy, not like a burn. It needs more of a burn to me. That's fucking gross. It's it's not, a little, that's a gross. Little heat in there. <laughs> it does. It needs a little salty element. So no. yeah, not something I would buy again. Nope. Get your Karen and do a a, a rim of packing heat on there. Oh, and oh yeah. That would That'd be a good, good picture, actually. Yeah. Okay. That would be good. Content yeah. purposes. Yes. Yeah. But yeah, um, I, I probably wouldn't buy that again. It definitely would hit. it be good in like a Bloody Mary or something. I talked about That's that. That's what I've heard. I, I thought that would be kind of cool. Uh, it, it is going to bring a little sweet element. You know, to it. I wouldn't mind that in a cocktail. Like I've had those uh, those jalapeno margaritas or whatnot. Mm. You know, the spicy jalapeno margarita, and those are fantastic. And I think that maybe we could play around with that and do something fun. All right. So before we jump into our ketchup segment. Um, we do, after the break, we're going to have a porn on the podcast with Joel, and I want you guys to let your um, your bourbons breathe a little bit. So, Matt, we sent you a package earlier in the week, and Jeremy um, has a little surprise in there for us as well, and Joel, he has a surprise for you, too. A surprise? And I'm going to give it to you. Look at this beautiful package. I saw these in here, and you all- Matt, were- open up your box. What is it? Oh, Matt's opening it up for the first time. I was told not to open it until the show. That's true. Wait, don't open it yet. Let's wait for Matt. Oh, you, you, well, why does Matt get to open his first and I'll get to open mine? He's opening the whole box. Oh. That has the porn on the podcast. So, which uh, Stacy knows what these are, but she hasn't actually seen them. I've got a note. Producer Matt, do not open until on air. I repeat, do not open until the podcast. We love your face. <laughs> See, I was good. I know. I had to put that in there just in case. Is it All a, right. It, 
Feels like a box. It's his dick in a box. Hey, it's dick in a box, girl. You hurry up, Matt. Shit. Feels like Christmas. He's so delicate. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Can I open it? Yeah, I'm ready. I'm going right now. Can can we go? Go. Mm -hmm. Go, 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 go. Oh, shit. Are you serious? Dude, did you make, you made this? Yeah. So what we've got are some some whiskey tasting boards made out of Caribbean walnut. Feel it. Caribbean walnut. It's it's so dense. And smooth. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm putting my Karen Karen in it right now. I know. Well, I figured uh, I I, I did four slots. You usually see four slots on it. Oh, you got one too? Our drink, yeah, of course she has one too. Like she's part of the podcast. Come well, on, now. I didn't know. Well, listen, Jeremy, you said I, I had not we sharing seen it yet. I opened up yeah. mine. I had oh, already opened up. I couldn't <laughs> wait. I only have. I only have one cat. And this is amazing craftsmanship. I can't wait to show everybody yeah, what this looks so like. So nice, Jeremy. So nice. Um, my first attempt at making them. So um, you know, to, in my eyes, are a little bit rough, but uh, you know, I was happy to make them. They feel really? so smooth in the hand. You don't like your craftsmanship here? It's amazing. You know, I'm saying it's the first time I've ever made tasting boards, so I can make them better next time. This is so cool, dude. It's awesome. This is so badass. It is cool. We are so legit. Mm. I know. It'd be great for pictures, too. Yeah. If, if only we had like TRP Glen Cairns or something to put in them, I, I guess mean, we gotta, that would just I guess we gotta really get, get busy. That would be cool. Oh. Really make it. Yeah. Oh, okay. Well, I'll talk to the board of directors about that. <laughs> All right. AKA Stacy. Talk. <laughs> talk to them. Okay. Uh, what are you doing, Stacey? Uh, nothing. Just hanging out here. Anyways, Jeremy, you have done <laughs> something Tinder fun again. recently. What? You've met one of our friends, one of our podcast guests. You have yeah. officially met in person. Let's do a little catch up. Um, you know, me being the best looking and most well spoken of the podcast, they send me out as an ambassador into the world to talk to people in real life. Debatable. Um, Debatable. You know, you know, whatever. <laughs> no, um, our previous guest on the show, uh, Derek Wolf uh, at Over the Fire Cooking, uh, he doesn't live too far from us, a couple hours away, and he was going to be uh, really close to our area this past week. So I went and hung out with him for a day, and uh, we had some fun, did some cooking and stuff, um, you know, just hanging out and everything. And then at the end of the day, he gave me a a bottle of bourbon that he really, really enjoys, and he said, hey, you know, I want you to try this out, take this home with you, yeah. uh, you, you know, enjoy this. And I was like, oh, that's awesome, man. And then um, I needed something from Joel, and so I bribed Joel to come over to my house. We got in a battle. With, with that said <laughs> bottle of bourbon, he, he tried to bribe me with a bottle, and then I upped him with this bottle, and then uh, he dropped what he was doing and came over to my house. <laughs> yes, he did. Um, and, yeah, um, to drop off the bottles turned into two hours at Jeremy's. We were bonding. <laughs> it was less than three hours. Bottled and bonding. Um, <laughs> let me let me just say it was shorter than the live I did with Paul uh, growing Makota the other night. So, yeah. you know, um, but uh, Joel came over and uh, I had tasted this bourbon once and then we drank it again and stuff. It is it's actually a rye. Yeah. Um, it's the Willet Family Reserve Rye is what we were drinking. And um, I think Joel and I both said it was probably one of the best ryes we've ever had in our well, entire lives. One hundred percent, a major rye fan, and this thing was just popping with flavor matt i'm telling you dude i i, I went i i you saw it on the story Ugh. after i left jeremy's i was gonna go the next day but i was like no i, I gotta i gotta look now I he popped. called me on the way home and i was like look 
They've got this at North Shore. Yeah. I've I, seen it on the shelves. You've already bought a bottle of I it? I bought it that night, on man. I told home, him to go. He was stopping and bought a bottle. On the way home. <laughs> he wasn't going to, but he told me about the bottle, and I was like, look, a week ago, they had it at this store. Why don't you stop? I'm not a Willet fan. Um, I'm yeah. not, I'm not big on, on, on their bourbons. We but did their tasting at the, we did. Yeah, I have, distillery. but, but they, um, this bottle dude, it, and it's, it's so tasty. Which I, I, I asked Derek when, when, when he said it was one, you know, such a great, such a great whiskey and everything. I was like, you know, I've heard such bad things about the Willet pot. Everyone I talked to says, don't get the pot. It's horrible. It's not worth the money. It just has a cool bottle. And he was like, oh yeah, no, it's horrible. Like the pot is horrible, but this, this is not, it was really good. Um, it was like 111 proof, uh, age yeah. four years. Um, just a fantastic rye. Yeah. Super. It was super, super. I can't tasty. wait to try it. The, um, uh, I don't, Jeremy. Well, what did you describe the flavor profile on that? Because my, I said ravioli. <laughs> no, like, like y- you were saying ravioli, and I was like, oh, I get that. It's like a, um, like a smoky tomato kind of marinade that's been like cooking all day, and the spices. Yes. Wow. Um, Basil or something like that. Yeah. Like it was. Yeah. God. Ravioli notes. That's all I can think about was raviolis <laughs> yeah. when, I, when so, I was drinking so, it. So Chef Boyardee, and then he's like, what are those things called? I was exactly. like, tomato? Um, <laughs> but I but, do know what you mean. Like when you let tomatoes cook down, they almost have a sweetness that yes. comes out of them. There you so go. I kind of, I get what you're saying. Yeah, and and then like the herbs, like 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 you've been seasoning that every step of the way with the garlic and the onion and you know everything to build those flavors to come together to yeah. to, to something more, and and that's kind of where it was. And at 111 proof, like I hadn't drank anything that day. I don't know if you had already had a drink that day or whatever, but yep. like I was just sipping 100, you know, a 111, no problem. Like it's it's a very smooth drinker. It was very smooth. I'd had I'd had a little bit to drink that day because Tennessee got their asses handed to them, and I was over it. <laughs> Uh, I'm over football. That's for I'm, I'm I'm just in that mood, man. And until, already over it, dude, man, bro. We have been in the freaking this spot, this exact spot for a freaking decade, and nothing has changed. It's always the same song and dance, and I'm I'm over it. We're we're not competing. I don't want to go down this rabbit hole because it's just gonna put me in a bad mood for the podcast. <laughs> let's let's move on. Let's move on to the well, yeah. My Giants are zero and five right now. New York Giants, 0 and 5. Now, it's absolutely terrible. But football is like a Game of Thrones thing, like Giants and like Wildlings and yeah, stuff. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah, I don't understand the reference. Is. Well, let's get out of football and yeah. I want to talk about Matt's furry starter. He has a furry friend that he found <laughs> this weekend. <laughs> yeah. I, so we've talked about it on the show before. Jeremy and I are big into sourdough bread making. So usually when I do bread, it's like more of a cold time pastime for me, like fall, winter. Uh, that's just whenever I want freshly baked bread, not in the middle of the summer. So I had put my starter up in the back of my refrigerator, uh, back at the end of spring. And I have not looked at it since then. It's been at least three months, maybe four months at this point. Mm. I sent you guys a video of it earlier. Maybe we'll post it to the TRP IG, but I pulled it out today to, to revive it, to start making some bread again. Now that's cooling off, pulled the lid off and it was just furry and black on the top of it Uh, and the smell that came out of it because normally you know they say you just scrape the mold off and keep going you just feed it and it'll be all right this was like rotten meat it was so bad i was i I saw where jeremy goes just scrape the mold off bro and you're like "Uh -uh. (laughs) this shit's done (laughs) how did julie handle the smell uh, Julie was not around. Thank goodness. <laughs> whenever I did it, yeah. Matt's pregnant but, wife. 
Yeah. So, so long story short, I I threw that one out and I've started a new starter now. So maybe I'll I'll keep up with it on IG. If you're interested in what the process of starting a starter is like, uh, go follow me at Instagram at barbecue. Yeah. Or just follow Stacy at that reload wife. Uh, she's all about that sourdough life. I'm about That's to. right. Yeah. She's, <laughs> you're a poet and you don't she, even know it. She's about to do it. I am. Guys. I've got all that counter space now. That's coming up soon. You've been about to do it for about a year and a half that, now. That's what was keeping her. I was that, waiting for the counter space. That, that's for, <laughs> forgive me if I don't hold my breath. She, uh, guys, she couldn't do it because our kitchen wasn't big enough. I know. I yeah. mean, come on. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, like the tub is almost like six inches big. I like, guess it's, it's just this. All I don't this know. Space Listen, there's no room. There's six no room. Six inches just looks so large. You guys, uh, she's not used to things that big. Yeah. You guys have talked this up so much. Like, I want the pristine experience. Like, I want my nice, new, clean kitchen and big fridge to put my Cambro in. And I'm going to have, like, a great time doing Listen, it. Like, I don't want to do it when there's clutter and moving boxes and I'm stuff like you, that. I, what, this is two episodes in a row where y'all have been laying dick jokes at Joel, and I'm over it. <laughs> you, you, and you. All of you. Yep. Um, yeah. Joel, if you don't remember, but the last episode kind of kind of got messed up and all those dick jokes got cut out. So No, they didn't. No, there's a few. No, they didn't. I have to listen to the run through. <laughs> they got worse as that episode got worse. So. Yeah. Even <laughs> even Ben out. from uh, Girl Hop Anonymous was jumping in on some of yeah, them. Yeah, it was the pretty frick, funny. Man, this, this, the host yell of the roast is getting to a whole other level. I mean, yeah. talking about less than six inches, some other scary things. Let's talk Halloween. <laughs> that was a good one. Good segue, <laughs> Stacy. Halloween is coming up. Now, listen, this is my favorite day of the year. Like, it legit is. I love- She loves Halloween more than she loves Jesus' birthday. Let's just put it that way. Come I just, on. I just love the scary movies and the cold <laughs> weather and the costumes and the trick or treat. Like, I'm a traditionalist when it comes to- um. Yeah. Halloween, like no trunk or treats and all this other crap. Like we're having a scary ass party and we're going trick or treating. So she, it is man. Ever since I've known her, she loves Halloween and, and old nostalgia, Halloween horror flicks, all that stuff. Yeah. Like at my house, I have like Garland that has like paper bloody weapons that like hang for decoration. It's great for our children. I just love it. I just love it so much. So something I want to talk about because I love scary movies what is each of you's favorite scary movie? Ooh. I wasn't prepared for this. So I don't Man. have the guy's name. Matt, 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 you go. I, I I need to look up a director's name. So my favorite movie to watch around Halloween time is probably, it's this little movie with Will Ferrell in it. It's called Elf. I don't know if you guys have seen that one. <laughs> yeah. If I can't find Elf, I'll also watch uh, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Around Halloween? Yeah. So are you one of those like premature Christmasers? <laughs> Premature, uh, according to what standard? Well, you know, like before Thanksgiving, Christmas, or I, I have put my Christmas tree up on November first before. That's okay. I'm okay with that. It's after it's Halloween. Once before, hell, freaking home, <laughs> home, day de- after Halloween. Home Depot has already got damn Christmas trees out. All right, Joel, what's your favorite Chris, favorite Halloween movie? See, you got me on a Christmas vibe right now. <laughs> I don't do Halloween really. <laughs> you know, man, I, I'm gonna. I, uh, I like a lot. I used to love horror flicks and then, then I kind of get away from them, but uh, I'm going to step outside the box and I'm going to say Beetlejuice. Beetlejuice. Okay. Yeah. Oh, that's good. Y'all remember, remember Beetlejuice? Mm-hmm. I remember Beetlejuice. Sure do. Uh, that, that when I was a kid, uh, those freaking worms, when he would go into that one little, when they would say his name and he'd get sucked into the Neverland or whatever the hell it was, those damn worms scared the hell out of me. Okay. I believe you. Jump on the line off the body on time. <laughs> All right. Jeremy, favorite movie? 
Um, so I don't know if the listeners know this or not, but, uh, I love to read. I have a couple of favorite authors and stuff. Um, this is like a long answer. So, uh, Stephen <laughs> King, um, is a fantastic author. I, I love his stuff. Uh, and it, we're, we'll get back to him in a second, but like favorite movie, um, around this time of year, um, I'm, I'm going to put out a TV show, uh, Netflix, the haunting of Hill house directed by Mike Flanagan and, um, a fantastic horror show. And they just came out with a second season, the haunting of Blythe Manor just dropped um you know as we're recording this like two days ago fantastic and then uh, mike flanagan the director that's why i had to look his name up he also directed uh dr sleep the recent movie um that they did that. Which, which is the sequel to um the original shining stephen king yep. um and he did a fantastic do- job directing that film um the original shining was okay i've um, never seen it but uh, you didn't like the original did- shining i thought it was fantastic um it Red Robin. That's because that's because you've never read the book. Um, oh, the freaking book! Uh, no, everyone knows. I, so I, the I shining, <laughs> the book is pretty good. No, the the book is excellent. The movie is good. You know, I've like like the, uh, Stanley Kubrick Shining is good. Um, but he 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 had to dumb down the characters a lot in order to make the movie flow properly. So you really don't like you don't have that sense of building dread throughout the entire process. It's just like crazy people, you know. Sure. Um, but but Mike Flanagan, uh, anything he touches horror wise is excellent. And then um, we can't talk about horror movies without also saying uh, Eli Roth. I mean, the master of horror. So uh, what about uh, Frick now? Nah, Wes Craven? No, the <laughs> no. the white Rob Zombie. Rob Zombie. <laughs> <laughs> no, I could see the wheels oh, turning. Texas Chainsaw <laughs> Massacre. The, ger- the, the gerbil was running. Yeah. You know, the new che- Texas Chainsaw Massacre was pretty good. Like the one that came out in like the early 2000s. I prefer the original Texas Chainsaw. Once again, and I've never seen like, it. Do, do you know who I'm talking about with Eli Roth? No. The guy who created all the Hostel movies? Oh, really? Yes. And then he also had that one, uh, Green Inferno, where like the hippies go to the woods to like save the rainforest and they get abducted by that tribe of cannibals. Yes. And literally like eat parts off of them in front of each other and stuff. Like uh, it's crazy. What? Talk about meat candy. <laughs> Talking about meat candy. <laughs> Segway. So let me ask you, let me ask y'all this. Do you, for Halloween, you, I, you're getting in the mood, you want to watch a Halloween esque movie. Are you going like full fledged horror? Are you going nope. like something like Beetlejuice esque, or are you going to get something in the middle? How how where are you all at, Jeremy? First, Hocus Pocus. Uh, that's exactly no. what I was going to say. No. That's the only Halloween movie I'll legitimately what? watch. Yeah. Is Hocus okay. Pocus. Like, like horror movies, I love. I, I I like to watch year round as long as it's a really good movie. But like if it like Halloween night, like we will be watching Hocus Pocus. I have a confession to make. Oh no! It's oh my, my god! It's not my favorite. Stacey. Who is he? Who is oh, it? Okay. At least you've <laughs> seen it. Thank God you've seen it. I've seen it, but it's not my favorite. I try every year. I start watching it, and I just can't. I just don't get the enjoyment out of it that everybody's going crazy over. Well, this is Stacy that hates cartoons. Go ahead, Jeremy. Like I actually heard uh, through the grapevine recently, Stacy, that you haven't seen the old It with um, with uh, what's his name Stephen Curry as uh, as It. And listen, so I absolutely love scary movies especially ones where, there, where there's murders in it, like murderers. It doesn't sound like you've seen a lot, though. No, and, but, <laughs> and I love 80s movies, so I that's on my list. Like, oh. I gotta watch that. But to me, like... You didn't say your movie. I know, I was trying to, but Sorry. nobody would let me. My bad. You said Jeremy was first. I Go was ahead. trying to get my last one in. Wait, but whoa. for me, yours, Halloween, the original Halloween with Jamie Lee Curtis. Michael Myers. Love, yeah, yeah Michael Myers. Love Halloween. Um, 
that's my go-to. But I also love movies like Scream. Like to me, scary movies are like the murder movies. And honey, if it makes you feel any better, I don't like Hocus Pocus either. Okay. See, we were meant for each other. He's just saying that because he wants to get lucky later. Um, so like to, to me, like, I don't like those kind of like horror movies because they're like, they're just like killer in the woods going to get you. Like, I like like the ones that like fuck with your head, you know? Mm-hmm. Do you think the hostile movies went too far? The first one, the first one was great. Like, like, no, no, I'm saying watch green Inferno and you're going to be like, they didn't go very far in the hostile movies. No way. That's how I don't, bad that dude, movie is. I don't know if I can watch the, like the movie Centipede. Have y'all? Yeah. Like H- I Human Centipede. Human, human Centipede. centipede yeah. I refuse to watch it. Like I just like. Oh, I, it's messed up. Oh, that oh. kind of stuff to me is like that's just too far for me. But like that that movie revolves around like the one trick, you know, like the one thing of hooking them together and stuff. Whereas like the Green Inferno, like there's a lot of messed up stuff in that. I'm saying just like I don't know if I want to see that. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like it's gonna stick with me or something. Like you, you're not gonna sleep good at night after these movies. Like and now I'm curious. <laughs> I, now I'm kind of curious about it. Anyway. Well, now my mission is to watch it. Um, something I was gonna Hang say. On. Matt has something to say. Oh. Matt, I was gonna say the closest thing that I've really gotten to a horror movie that I've ever seen, like in the theaters or even really watched at home, would be like some of the Saw movies. I don't Ooh, know if you guys have seen those. Yeah, the, the, the early yeah. ones were those really good, and then they, got, then they got weird. Yeah, there's too many of them. You yeah. got to cut something good. You got to know when something good has, has, has run its course mm-hmm. and just stop mm-hmm. doing it. Quit while you're ahead. Yeah. But I guess if you're on Six the money. Six seasons in a movie. All right. So you're going <laughs> trick-or-treating and the the people at the house have a big bowl full of all different kinds of candies. Which one are you grabbing first? Ooh. Jeremy. First of all, if I'm 31 years old and I'm dressed up going trick-or-treating on Halloween. Wait, wait, wait. Back it up. Um, Back it up. Your kids have just got done trick-or-treating. They bring back their bowl of candy. Which one of you got me first? <laughs> that I can relate to. That there you go. Okay, so um, oh, so I guess oh, so. The God. idea of you guys dressing up as Joe Exotic's husbands and going trick or treating with me is out of the question. Yes. Only if, only only if you dress up as a large tiger, Stacy. <laughs> I'll dress you up as Carol a tiger. tiger and then uh, no, 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 it has to be a tiger because Carol Baskin wouldn't be there. That's um, right. And, I'll dress up as and a large Joel, tiger. Joel can hold the leash. That's right. <laughs> hey. No. Anyways, which one are you grabbing, Jeremy? Uh, I like uh, like uh, like tart stuff. I don't know, like Skittles or like you know, like the sweet. And sour mm-hmm. stuff. Mm-hmm. I don't know stuff like that. Matt, I'm going for anything with peanut butter in it, like a Reese's cup or like a Butterfinger. That, Even that's with my your nut allergy, I'm it's not. Real I'm nuts. not allergic to peanuts. Peanuts are not just, technically nuts. Just tree nuts. Just tree nuts. Okay. So, like a, a Reese's cup or a Butterfinger. Yep. All right. Oh, it's, good to, it's good to know, so we don't kill them with a, with a dessert. Um, <laughs> no. So for uh, for me, which is gonna show you guys why I liked that Sazerac cocktail from the past. Um, oh, I, I love dots. You know what I'm talking about? There's so there's like no flavor to them. They're oh, just they're, hard so, they're so good. What's the relation the to the Sazerac? Yeah, it's it ha- like licorice. Yeah, it's got that licorice. Oh. You know, some or a couple of them do the green. You ones like do. milk duds too? I love milk duds, but dots by far are my favorite candy ever. Dots. Ever. I don't know why. Maybe it's a nostalgia thing, but I love them. Oh, uh, the little tiny I gummies. Put, like, an ad- I need to put an, an addendum to mine, like because <laughs> you don't see this candy on Halloween. Uh, but like, if we're talking about favorite candy ever, like um, Ferrero Rocher, hands down. Oh Those are best good. thing ever. Uh, 
Yep, course those you, are good. Of course you would. You, you, pull, you put your pinky out while you're unwrapping them, right? Oh, <laughs> uh, no, I get a freaking hundred pack of those things and just go to town. Like, <laughs> I'm cold foil everywhere. <laughs> I pop them like Skittles. <laughs> <laughs> Jeremy's beard is just covered in chocolate. Yeah. <laughs> Saving it for later. All right, so mine, like to me, I think there's two different realms. There's the, the, ta- the, the, what's the, what am I looking for? Saw, saw. What the hell is wrong with me? Uh, sour and tart. So there's like a sour and tart category. And then there's like the chocolate category. The sour and tart category. I'm going for those little paper packets with the sweet, the hard candy sweet tarts. Not the chewy. They they screwed up with the chewy sweet tarts. Oh, I love the chewy. Okay. Yeah, you'll get the chewy ones then. I, the, the, the crunchy, like little chewy. tiny mm-hmm. um, sweet tarts. That's my favorite. Yes. Smarties. Like Smarties. Well, no, yeah, Smarties sweet are tarts. delicious. Smarties are good, but sweet tarts is what I'm talking okay. about. You know those uh, little tiny paper packets and you rip them open oh, and there's yeah. like those a are, couple Smarties like two in there? two or three in or there. there. Sweet are, tarts. Those are garbage. They're and chalky. then when it comes to like the chocolate, I'm going for the Milky Way. Hmm. Yeah. Mm. Milky Way. There's peanuts in that too, right? No. no. Caramel and Milky nougat. Way in the- Snickers okay. is like a Milky Way with, um, with nuts. So America's top five most popular Halloween candy. What do you think number one is? Oh. America's favorite Halloween candy. Number one, five hundred and nine uh, million dollars. Skittles. It's gotta be no, it's gotta be the Reese's pumpkins. Reese's peanut um, butter cups. Reese's. No, no, I'm pretty sure it's just like like a packet of sugar. Surprisingly, <laughs> do you know what number five or number two is? Number two is M and M's. What? Oh yeah. 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 M and M's are a classic. Like you yeah. can't M&M's. not have M and M's. Yeah. M and M's. So Anyways, that's what's going on. And one of our favorite things to do, I'm just going to wrap Hang up this. On. Hey, you got you to gotta give us the rest of the top five. You want the rest of the top five? We want the rest of the yeah. All right. So there was Reese's. There was M&M's. M&M's was at $500 million of spending a year in America. I'm sorry for Halloween. Um, number three, Snickers. I can see that. Okay. Number four, Hershey's. Just plain Hershey's. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. number five, give me a break. Give, give me, me a break. break. Break me, me off a piece of that, that ass now, girl. Oh, no. The Kit Kat bar. All, all of those are available like in one bag of fun-sized candies together. Yeah. So I wonder if it's just that one bag that sells one bag. the most. It says America's top five most popular Halloween candy. And I candy. wonder if, if all of those uh, candies are under the same umbrella. Yeah, they might all be owned by the Hershey company. So they're selling Mars. those bags. It kind of pads like the. Yep. No, because M&M's is Mars. M&M's? Well, Hershey's is different. Is like it's a is are, are they a subsidiary? Subsidiary? I don't know. I thought they were their own company. No That's a whole other podcast, guys. It is. <laughs> I don't know enough about big candy. <laughs> All uh, right, stay tuned for Valentine's Day in February when we talk about candy and who owns what company. <laughs> what chocolate covered fruits we like? Uh, anyways, um, I was just going to round out this segment. You know, it's a staple every year. You carving pumpkins with your kids. Um, you got to roast your pumpkin seeds, and I just want to encourage everybody when you're roasting them, don't go with the basic salt. Go ahead and throw some reload on there. Um, we like to do it with fully loaded pack and heat. We've even do- done it with uh, double action. And oddly enough, our neighbor, right before we started this podcast, knocked on the door. He had carved, what, like eight pumpkins this weekend? Yeah. So he had a gallon bucket full of seeds. He um, brought us over some pack and heat pumpkin seeds and high caliber pumpkin seeds. And if you're not familiar with how to do that, Basically, make sure you're rinsing them really, really good. Get the slime off, spread them out in a paper towel, and let them air dry really, really well. If you want your pumpkin seeds to crisp up and not steam in the oven, make sure they're nice and dry. If you take a paper towel to it, it's just called stick to paper towel. Yep. So just let them out, lay them out, let them air dry. What you're going to do, 300-degree oven, spread them 
on a cookie sheet, flat. Don't stack them on top of each other. Um, and then you're going to bake them. Maybe... I don't know. 20 minutes, the and then it. you can toss them in some olive oil or melted butter, top them with seasoning, and cook them for another 25, 30-ish minutes. You just got to watch them to see if they're toasty, and they are phenomenal with Reload. I love it when she makes them. They're a great snack, and our kids love them. Have you guys made them with Magnum yet? Because you, you didn't have Magnum last uh, last October. Oh, we have Last it. October. Never mm. made them with Magnum, so maybe that's something we should do this mm. year. Yeah, let's carve some more pumpkins. Pumpkins. All right, well, let's go to a break. And when we get back on the other side, this guy is taking back over, pouring on the podcast. I'm the director, bitches. Let's see you on the other side. Super excited about this pouring on the podcast. I'm getting ready to pour everything out. Um, we're going to talk about the bottles. I was thinking about the theme that I wanted to do, and it's going to be $50 bottles that you might not grab. So I was in Bob's Liquor Store perusing, looking over at all this stuff, and our first bottle I came across was Smooth Ambler Old Scout Rye. Single barrel, cask strength. Uh, you've heard me talk about this before on the podcast, but I've knitting, this is brand new to Old Scout them having a rye. So I'm excited to have everybody try this and bring this back because we all love the uh, the original Old Scout. Uh, the second bottle, bottle I've seen, it's not sexy. It almost looks like a wine bottle. Um, it's called Noah's Mill. And I knew nothing about this, but upon further research, this is a sleeper, y'all. It is a great bourbon, and we'll get into the proof and all that later in the podcast. The last one. The last one is... Knob Creek Single Barrel Select Bourbon. All of these bourbons, guys, I will say this, they are all over 114 proof. So I'm going to get these poured for everybody, get them back in here. Let's get to sipping. All right, guys, so we are back from the break, and it is time for Joel's Pouring on the Podcast. Everybody has got their pours in front of them on their brand new tasting boards provided by the Kitchen White Law or excuse me, White Law Woodworking <laughs> Incorporated. <laughs> 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 yeah. So, all right, guys. So we are going to dive straight into this. I'm very excited about this. It's the same song and dance. You can give me your tasting notes <laughs> as you drink. Uh, but I want to, at the end, I want your proof, your price, and your preference on everything. So let's start with a, I will say this too, um, with you guys. I am virgin mouth to these as well so no hints oh well then that tells us a lot just saying all right call your sex tape virgin mouth yeah so wait to be clear you've never tried either like any of the three of these before nope because i knew what was going to happen is the reason i'm telling you all this because i i I know i know this chick too we were going to start trying to guess about what it was and this (laughs) way we're eliminating all that altogether. Yeah. I think the last time you hosted a porn and you hadn't tried the bourbons before you gave them to us, <laughs> we had an experience that we could describe the envelope as glue. I will envelope say glue there was, hot there, garbage. There yeah. was no uh <laughs> there was no world class 
gold medals <laughs> no on tags. any of these. No tags. <laughs> no. no little bottle necklaces hanging that claims it to be the best. I'm regretting saying what I just said. Okay, let's go into the number A, guys. Dive right in. You shouldn't have told them that because then they'd be like, this is Willet family. It's all good. Cheers. It's all good. Cheers. Cheers. Oh, shoot. I put it in my nose. <laughs> it's in your beard. Like your nose got wet? Yes. <laughs> I went a little deep, guys. Hold on, Joel, Joel, did you just have nose penetration? <laughs> <laughs> yes. Nose full, intercourse. Full nose penetration. <laughs> there were bubbles. Love the aftertaste. It's got a bite. Hmm. Mm. Oh. Ooh. It finishes really well. It does. Matt's got a really weird look on his face. He doesn't it's like kinda, it. It's it's lemony a little bit. Yes. Like yes. I feel I feel like I use citrus too much, but like that has that like. Almost like that vinegary citrusy, like I'm yeah, equating it's almost it, a little bit pungent. I'm equating yeah. it like a lemon head. You know, yeah, like lemon flat, like a, a good, flat, a, good flat, use for it. a flat yeah. lemon flavor. It's tart, but then rounds out smooth. That's delicious. Yeah, it still has some sweetness and stuff to it. But that's very good. Yeah, and I love the chest feel at the end. It like starts to warm up your chest after you've swallowed it. And, and you know, like how when you put something sour in your mouth and it gives it that little pucker in the corners, I'm getting a little bit of that in a good way. Yeah, you know, but um, I, I'm I'm gonna save my thoughts. I'm gonna I'm gonna wait till the end. You guys ever had a lemon warhead? Yes. Yeah, I love warheads. <laughs> That's what it reminds me of. Oh, like and it kind of takes you through that whole taste of that like zing, and then like the sweetness once it mellows out and yep. stuff. Yeah, like it, mm-hmm. once you suck all the sour powder off the outside. Yeah, of it. that's wild. It does. That's wild. Yeah. Very cool. Starting to get the lip numb, so I'm going to say so, it's over 100. So you guys, um, whenever we can move on whenever you all want. Just get your feel of it, and we'll go back to it later. Let me cleanse my palate with this bush. Why are you drinking bush? I wanted to ask you. That. He anyway. just loves cheeky barbecue so much. No one cheek. Outside of that, I went literally went to the gas station, and I wanted cans, and all they had, I wanted Coors or Miller Lite, and all they had in a 12 pack was effing bush. And, uh, everybody likes to F some bush. <laughs> oh no. Sorry. Bush in the butt. <laughs> you sound like Matt over there on the mic. All right. We're ready for Joel. That, that's, that's usually the sound said. I make when I try to drink bush as well. No, come on. <laughs> <laughs> really? Oh, oh man. Oh. Uh, <laughs> All right, let's move on. Let's move on. All number right, B. Number B. Smell it, tell me about it, and then get your taste. That smells fantastic. Distinctly less caramely than the first one. That's easy. That's smooth. Very little chest burn. That's good. Yeah, that's it's pretty floral, actually. Like a caramel bouquet of roses. Back. I'm yeah. picking up a lot more caramel on that one. Me too. I'm I'm not getting the flowers, Matt, actually. Smooth. Maybe flowers on the front end and like like that easy come in, but the, the back end is like a caramel in your mouth. It's viscous. I can't wait to talk about this. Thick at the and end. Creamy. I, I, it's like, this is the, this is the, the bad part about pouring on the podcast. I cannot talk about these because I know what they are. I know everything about them. Oh, he's gotta be quiet. I know it sucks. Did you guys put mine in the wrong order? I'm concerned that I'm not getting any caramel off of that. I'm not getting caramel, but like it's much Joseph. smoother. You want me? Well, I know what the, I know what they are. I can't say Joel, Joel bottled them, so I'm pretty confident that he did it correctly. I did it correctly. It's correct, Matt. 
shit. Okay. Yeah. All right. Question All right. Me. I went to high school. Okay. Matt, you have to take into account that you have a much more developed palate than me and Stacey do. And you've yeah, been, but I've also been drinking on Knob 12. Yeah. And well, read rye. So. so save a little bit because when I go back into the notes on these, it's going to, some stuff's going to make sense because I'm, because I know what's in it. Um, okay. I'm picking up things that I don't think you're getting right now. All right. I'm saving a little bit in the bottom. Th- things that come off a card, Joel. Yes. That's wrapped around the neck of the bottle when you buy it. Yes. Both of them are good. It's championship. They're different. Okay. All right. <laughs> Trophies over here. This is award-winning Arizona <laughs> bourbon. <laughs> <laughs> no, this is of California. No, so it's only the best. <laughs> only the best. All right. So number C. Let's let's dive into it. That's absolutely light on the nose. Yeah, I don't smell much. It burns the nose a little bit though. Like it makes my inner nostril tingle. Which is yeah, feel that. I think I might know what that one is. Ooh, write it down. That's just an all-around good bourbon. Is that? I want to ask a question, but I'll wait till wait. I'll let yeah. you go first. How about that? I'll, I'm getting some pretty strong like banana notes off C. Nan- I can see that. Nanners. You can yep. see that. I can see that. Like it's like a straight up banana runt. Those are the best runs. runs. (laughs) Speaking of Halloween candy, the banana is the best. You're an animal. No, they're not. When you said banana, like that's what I was thinking in my mouth, Uh, like in my head, like that, that like candied banana flavor, not like a banana, like, like a banana Laffy Taffy. There is a whiskey that famously has banana flavors in it. That's what I think this is. That's all I'll say for now. Oh, um, Crown Royal. No, this isn't it. No, Crown, Crown Royal Banana. I'm calling. <laughs> That'd be it. delicious. I would totally buy that. This, this is a uh, the liqueur section of pouring on the podcast. Let's go. Let's start right now. Uh, let's go and just jump into preferences, um, and then we'll just do we'll do a three P's on on number A right now. Uh, Matt, start us off. So I said I said this one was kind of like a lemon head or a, a lemon tart. I gave it a hundred proof. It may actually be a little bit higher than that. Uh, and $50. As far as preference goes, I can't decide. It's like a toss-up between A and C for me. Okay, okay. Hang on to that. Jeremy, what you got, man? Um, I'm putting it at 105 proof uh, for $60, and I'll say uh, it is my preference for the night. A? Um, A is because of the complexity in the flavor. Do you feel like when you went back through, when you went in reverse, like came back around to it, that it was like, mm. ah, it, it held up like all the way through my palate from, from first touching my tongue all, to going down my throat. The, the, there was some different complex flavor each, each step of the way. All right. Stace. Hold on one, one sip. If it's iron root, I'm going to be so <laughs> surprise. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, Jeremy. If he spent money on iron iron root again, I'm gonna be mad. Uh, C seems very pickly to me when I when I taste B. I'm sorry when I taste B and C. A in retrospect to the others has a pickly tart taste. It's crisp, it's citrusy. Mm-hmm. Um, I put that at thirty nine ninety nine. B smooth, less burn, viscous. Oh sorry, sorry. A I said one hundred one proof. Uh-huh. B I said ninety six proof, thirty four ninety nine. And then C, which was my favorite. C, I said 107 proof, 49.99. Okay, so so C A B. C A B. You guys have now let's get into that with you guys. I'm sorry. C B A. 
your CBA? No, C. I, I wrote. That what wrong. the hell is your preference? C A B C C C C C C C C. All right, Jeremy, what do you think of B? Um, what do you think of B, man? So, um, B is probably my third place for preference. I put it at fifty dollars and ninety-four proof. Okay, Matt. Now I think B is a hundred plus again. Uh, proof wise, I put it at sixty dollars. It's my least favorite. B was. Ooh, okay. All right. Now jump and dive into the last one. Stacy's already hit it, but you two, uh, Matt, right back at you. C. I think I think C might have been a Jack Daniels product. I'm just going to throw that out there. Uh, don't tell me if I'm right or wrong yet, but I put it at ninety proof. I'd probably pay thirty bucks for that bottle. Okay. Okay. You said, uh, I, I said higher proof. Yeah. I put it at a hundred proof uh, for forty dollars. For forty dollars, okay, guys. Oh man, this is Tell so. It. This is this is such a thing when we when is all right. I'm just jumping in right now. All right, and I'm getting the nuances of this. My theme okay. is fifty dollar bottles that you're not quite sure you want to grab. And That's a great theme. So yeah, the first one, the first one, you guys are gonna like this. I found this smooth ambler old scout rye single barrel. Wow, that is a straight up lemon warhead. This is a hundred and fourteen point four proof. Wow, and it is four years age stated. Um, I just dropped my notes. Hang on one second. That's cool, smooth ambler old scout rye. And we're all fans of that uh, the smooth ambler uh, uh, bourbon. So, but, the, the so store pick. Where is that distilled? That's what yeah. I'm because this because Old Scout is not that's all sourced whiskey. So I'm I'm curious. Is, is this, it Indiana? It's distilled in Indiana, and it's right. uh, and it MGP. says on the back back of the bottle, bottled by a man named Jordan. All so, right. So, but uh, could have been a female Jordan. named Jordan. Here's the thing. Could have been a female named Jordan. Okay. Well, you know what? Um, I was, okay. It could have been a non-gendered person named Jordan. Yes, it could have. Bye, Anyways, Harry. here's the thing: is what you're going to get on the aromas. I looked really hard trying to, even the website, if you go to the Smooth Ambler website, you go to this bottle, there's nothing on it. It just says mm. Smooth Ambler Rye. They have no no uh, literature at all. But some of the things that I did find, it says a four-year-old single barrel rye from, from Smooth Ambler bottled at cask strength. Aromas are dried fruit, cinnamon, tobacco, orange peel, and dark chocolate says that, that fills your nose on the aromas. The palate offers caramelized pecans, black pepper, baked apple, and marmalade, which may be some of the lemon that stuff. And the orange zest to talk With about. hints of ginger and cigar box. Cigar like box. That's an interesting way to describe it. I don't taste. feel like that's <laughs> accurate, in my opinion. So, anyways, I'm with you guys. I, I think that marmalade, what they're talking about, is that lemon stuff that we're getting out of that. And where they're talking about, I think there was like a black pepper or a peppercorn that you mentioned. I could see that being some of the sourness that comes through. Yeah. So black pepper. Yes. Yeah. So anyways, I thought that was fun. I saw that. I know we liked Old Scout. Um, this looked really new and you all know. Do you have the price on it? Oh, price was forty nine ninety nine. Same price as you go, mm. you know, and, and oh get, get yeah, it. you said fifty dollar bottles, so I guess they're all about fifty bucks. They're right? all right in that range. Yeah. So the mm-hmm. next one is one that I have seen several times. This is this is number B. 
Um, I've ne- it's never crossed my mind to grab it, and this is why I grabbed it. But upon further research, this thing has got it's kind of a sleeper with a lot of people. Um, but it's called Noah's Mill. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, I I've seen, seen that. that bottle. It's yeah. been one of those ones where you're like, well, I don't know, I haven't seen too much about it, so I'm not going to buy it. Well, when you look at and it's it, it's a wine bottle. It looks like a wine bottle. You know what I mean? Yeah. And uh, it's a it good is looking bottle though. Yeah, it is a hundred and fourteen point three proof. Does that Whoa. is a sleeper on the proof? Yeah, hundred and fourteen point three proof. Very smooth. If you want to get where you're wanting to go. And what I like about this, and if you guys got any left in your glass, I want you to go back to it, or at least maybe give it a smell. Um, this one, and I was getting this when I and when you guys were drinking it, or when I was war wars, we all were. Um, it is as one of the most lush and rich whiskeys on the market. The nose is walnuts, prunes, and floral notes. The palate. Boom. I've nailed it. Yes, you did. I nailed it two weeks in a row. I yeah. know, man. Now, you don't even know what a walnut smells like. Don't even. <laughs> That's, That's right. Floral. He knows what it smells like. He just doesn't know what it tastes like. <laughs> so the palate mimics the nose of, of walnuts, prunes, spices, intertwined with lavender. There's Yeah. Um, and yeah. balanced with a perfect amount of acid that leads you down a path of lingering caramel. I mean, I I, I agree with them. It is so, very complex and it's very rich. The low proof palettes in the group here were getting that caramel. Were y'all not? Mm-hmm. Yes, hundred percent. Okay. Yeah, but one fourteen proof. At all off but one hundred and fourteen proof. I man. said ninety six. It did not. Yeah, I had ninety four. I was twenty proof off. Like that's crazy. Well, I mean, if you're really wanting to get going. That's a really nice, smooth, high proofer. It is. And so have you guys heard of Rowan's Creek? Yeah. I've um, seen the bottles. Yeah. Okay. Distilled by the same people. Okay. Okay. Great. So small batch. That's cool. Small batch family there. All right. So let's uh, jump into number C. I'm curious. I want to preface here that I, the, Jeremy, that bottle that I tried to bribe you with. Um, yeah. I had bought that a while back. And I told myself, when I do a pouring, I want to use this bottle. I -hmm. forgot I had such bottle. Um, And when I got all of these, it already poured and sent things off the mat. So I was pretty pissed off. So I wanted that to be part of this pouring on the podcast, but I didn't do it. So instead, we are rallying it back. Matt, you're going to be disappointed in yourself. Okay. What do we have? We have Knob Creek (gasps) Single Barrel. 120 proof. What? Wow. Yeah. That That's is a delicious. banana bomb. So this is Bob's store pick. Banana bomb. So this is, the bad thing is it's a store pick. So for y'all listening, you probably can't get this one. But you but, could still get a Knob Creek single barrel and hope for the best. Yeah, but it's a nine-year-old bourbon. Um, it is fantastic. I thought, I felt like it was very peaty. But yep. I'm, I'm going to go into oh. what they tell you on because if you look if you look on the bottle, it tells you nothing about the aromas or anything like that. Well, and whatever you find online for it, it's not going to necessarily be this barrel either. Correct. But things you were looking at, it's like uh, it said deep and complex flavors of vanilla, nuts, and oak. I got a lot of peat off of that off of that one. Yep. Um, in my opinion, I got a lot of banana. Um, uh, you the, say I, I would be disappointed in myself because I thought it was Jack, but no, because you thought I it was am ninety a proof. Knob Creek lover, you yeah. are. Hey, it drinks a lot lower proof than it is. Yeah, I stand oh, by hundred percent. But guys, that's why I put this one last. I did not want this one to be on the front and burn everybody out. I didn't know if everybody was going to have a pour on the front end. You know, so I think you all all thought these pours were way lower than they were. 
Um, mm-hmm. And I think that's indicative of us all having a sip beforehand, acclimating your mouth so you can really appreciate the notes of the bourbon and not getting burned out by it. So I was yeah. happy you all all had something to drink beforehand so that you all could appreciate all the flavors out of these bourbons or the rye and the two bourbons. And can we just appreciate how sexy this bottle and label is? I mean, it's got the black wax and I, I would love to do a reload flavor yeah. with that label. It's sleek, it's matte, it's there black, it and it's yeah. got gold, Full like a copper gold um, finish to it. It's a sexy bottle. You're buying that. That looks great on your counter. It looks great mm. for your bourbon but collection. That, uh, that knob, this, for the listeners, you're talking about the Knob Creek bottle. Yes. yes. Now, how much does yeah. this cost? Um, that one right there is $54. Nice. Yeah. That's, that is a nice bottle for your collection, in my opinion. And did, What's the age on it? Because uh, I think a lot of store picks are 15s. This is no, this is a nine year. Okay. It, it says okay. it says on the front that it was bottled in uh, January seventh, two thousand eleven, or barreled. I'm sorry, in two thousand eleven, and then it was uh, selected on May twenty seventh, twenty twenty. Wow. Hmm. To me, Knob Creek. To me, this one twenty dude, like it is sugary. I don't. I'm, yes. I, I take a sip of it, and it's, and I guess maybe that's where y'all are getting some of that banana, but it is sugary and delicious. Um, but if you go back, like Matt, you nailed it on the Noah's mill. You really did. Mm -hmm. Um, but I think the front end on this to me, you get that is walnutty. And then the back end comes in with some of those florals. Good job, Joel. Yeah, this is a good pour. And and it just confirmed for me, my love of love of Knob Creek lately. Yeah. Because I put C as my top, my top pick. I would love to dabble some more into Knob Creek. Now I've not had the 12 year, the 15 year I absolutely loved, but at what was it? 105 price point. Not something that I'm going to keep drink on the reg. Not going to lie. I like this 120 better than I like that 15 year Knob Creek. We should actually do a side by side on that. That's a good, that's a good thing to do. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, Wait, it's time. Let's lob it over to Jeremy for his segment (laughs) of Bourbon Bourbon News. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Bourbon News tonight, your primetime bourbon news network. All right, guys, I thought a fun topic to talk about, which you mentioned this several times during the uh, the porn we just had, Joel, are store picks. Yes. Um, it is something you're going to see at uh, every liquor store across the country. And what does it mean to get a store pick? And is it is it worth grabbing one? Um, and what brought this to my mind is that there is a new barrel pick or store pick that's coming to the market possibly next year. Have you Why? guys heard about this one? No. No, tell us. Oh. Matt? No. Buffalo Trace announced that they may be doing barrel picks for Stag Jr. What? Oh, wow. oh I heard that. Yes. Um, and did. what that means for the folks at home and stuff who, who – who aren't familiar with that is uh, you can have different bottles like uh, uh, smooth ambler has one, which I think we've all gotten a bottle from Bob's. They have a store pick of smooth ambler, which means that Bob's sent a representative out and they tasted a few different barrels of that bourbon. They bought an entire barrel of the one that they thought was the best of that lot, had it barreled for their customers. And then they got their sticker slapped on the side of it. So if you are in a store and uh, I know Joel, you just got a couple of, um, wild turkey kentucky spirits this week from a local liquor store I did. and uh 
they had the regular Kentucky spirit and then they had the store pick Kentucky spirit. And the store pick is something that a representative from that store went out, tasted that barrel, put their stamp of approval on it and said, this is a fantastic barrel. Yeah. So I'm glad you're bringing this stuff up because if you in your area are a bourbon hunter, you're getting into it. If you can find a store, if you find a store pick and you love it and they stick with that one, because a, a certain liquor store would get a reputation of having really good store picks. Which in which Christie's mm-hmm. has. Which Christie's has. There's which, usually a guy there in charge of it. And if you like one thing he's done, you're probably going to like more things he does. Which, you know, Brittany over at Bob's, we had this we had this Smooth Ambler Old Scout store pick, you know, mm-hmm. that we all love. And now I've got this Knob Creek store pick that she picked, and it's fantastic. Wow, go Brittany. Yeah, boy. Our girl at yeah. Bob's, Bob's mm-hmm. Liquor Store, Knoxville, Tennessee. Yeah. But you so can I'll, see. Oh, go ahead, Matt. I was going to say so there's a couple of different ways they can do it. So they can either send folks out to the distillery to taste the barrels, or the distillery can send individual bottles into the store, which are just little samples from each barrel. And the way that my local, local store actually handles it, rather than just having one person at the store that's responsible for picking from the selections they send out, uh, they bring some of their best customers in and allow them to try just a little nip from each of the ones, oh. and then they'll tally up who likes what the most. And from my, my understanding, last time I talked to her, um, I believe that the representatives actually bring it to them. Um, yeah. to try it in the store just because their schedules mm-hmm. and everything, not being able to make it out there, but they bring it to them and then they make the picks. Well, but I'm going to recommend to Brittany that TRP. she takes up, takes up that motto right there. Yeah. yeah. Well, let us mm-hmm. let hey. the TRP crew come in and pick out a daggum barrel. Shout out. Sounds good. What's up, Brittany? Let's go. Let's do it. And a lot of national brands will have barrel picks. Like um, uh, Wild Turkey is famous for their Russell Reserves barrel picks. Uh, you can get barrel picks of uh, Buffalo Trace. Uh, anything you see with that store's name and a sticker slapped on the side, there's a better chance that it's going to be better than just the regular one sitting on the shelf next to it. And I will say that I about screwed up, Matt, uh, when I when I told you there was only four bottles that I had um, – when I went and picked up the Kentucky spirit and hit all of you guys up, I was like, Hey, y'all want a bottle? I was grabbing the run of the mill Kentucky spirit off the damn shelf. As Uh I was approaching the counter, the guy was like, Hey bud, see, you got three bottles there. What do you think about our store pick right here? Giant ass barrel right in front of the cashier. I walked right by it with tons of bottles on top of it. So with the regular bottles to go yeah, by. Yeah. So that's hilarious. Uh, so I, I, I was like, thank God you saved my ass. So I put those back, got those three and I can't, I, I, I can't wait to crack one with you. Yeah. All right, guys, and that brings us to an end to the end of Bourbon News tonight. We're going to go to a break, and we will catch you on the flippity flip. All right, guys, so we are back, and we're going to dive straight into the topic of the entire episode, which is meat candy, y'all. So it's Halloween time. It's that time of year. All the kids are getting candy, but what do us adults like? We like good barbecue meat candy, as Stacy likes to call it. So we're going to break down some different dishes that have that sweet, tacky element to it that you can make at any party or for any time. 
Go ahead. I think what we need to do is bring that into our new neighborhood. Say, hey, you know, the kids are going around getting candy. Let's all come with our open pillowcases and you can toss me some wings. You can toss me some bacon. All right. So let's, pork belly. let's segue into that first one. We're, we're going to toss candied ribs into a sack, into a sack of pillowcase. That's going to be delicious. Anytime, anywhere, baby. So I want to, I want to preface this right here. Uh, I want to dive straight into the candied ribs. Um, the first Stacy is, I'm just going to say it. Stacy's the rib queen in, in this household. Um, she's the, we, we, We've done ribs in the past, but she was, she was the first one in our household that mastered, in my opinion, candied ribs. And I want uh, I want you to break it down right All now. right. So we have award-winning flavor combination for wings. Oh, that we this won. is what you did tonight. Yes. So, yeah, we're not going to talk regular candied ribs. We're going to talk my rendition of what we did tonight. So our award-winning wing blend is double action with pack and heat. So it's a six to one ratio is what you want to do. And I went ahead and just whipped up a bottle, um, an empty bottle that we had shook it up really, really good. Um, we got baby back ribs, squared them off, made sure the membrane was removed, yep. patted them dry. And we just coated the ribs furry. furry. We coated them furry. So what's good about the double action with the pack and heat is you've got that sweet flavor, the chili you. powder and the paprika and the, the garlic and everything coming from this, the uh, double action. But then the pack and heat is really um, zesty and savory and combined and made a really good flavor. Matt, you have something to pop in? Yeah. Did you use a binder? I'm curious. No binder. Nope. No binder. No binder. Just fluffed it on there really um, furry. We let it sweat for about 20 minutes. Okay. Um, and then we threw it just like that into the Camp Chef pellet smoker. We used the charcoal blend pellets. Uh, 225. Yeah. So, you know, uh, on our previous podcast with brisket and the beef short rib, we talked about not using a damn binder. And I saw, I thought to myself, screw it. I'm not going to, I'm going to put it on there. Um, put her blend that she made up, throw it on there and I'm gonna let it sweat. And I did. We let it sweat for probably half yeah. an hour. And I've never used a binder on ribs ever. And it's something that I thought about doing today until I thought up this recipe. And I have to say, I didn't come up with this, uh, combination of flavors. This was a this TRP. Was a, a wee thing, but you thought to put it on yep. the damn ribs. So we used the wing thing, the wing rub on the ribs, put it 225 for three hours and let it ride open. Then just like we do with candied ribs, we got out some foil. We put down thick pads of butter, a bunch of brown sugar. And this time we used Mike's hot honey. So it's not just regular honey, which you could use if you don't have it. Yeah. But I've got to tell you, splurge. Splurge and visit Mike's hot honey and get that blend. Squirt it all over the foil. And then you're going to put the ribs meat side down. And then you're going to do the same on the back end. Brown sugar, thick pads of butter, and more Mike's hot honey. We did not use any type of apple juice, no moisture or anything. Nope. The butter was all that it needed. Wrapped it up tightly with foil put them back on the smoker for two more hours. Uh, meat side down. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Jeremy. Um, that We let that ride for another two hours, and then we unwrapped it. Mm -hmm. At that point, we let it ride another hour. Yeah. So that put us at a six-hour mark. It had the most mahogany color that I've ever seen on ribs. It was beautiful. And after that, we went ahead and mopped it with some barbecue sauce. We This time, we used um, Rufus Teague Sweet Heat. Mopped it on there for about 30 minutes. So my ideal cooking time for ribs, it seems to be at that six and a half hour mark and it is where you've got a nice bite, but it's coming clean off the bone. I mean, so tender, 
nothing's sticking on there. Um, it's it's, so, an, it's enough where the rib, when you pick it up, isn't. If you get if you got, got your long tongs, the the ribs not falling apart. It's not turning into mush when you're trying to but cut it's it. Got a good bend. You're still getting a good cut on your rib, but when you bite it, it's just clean off the damn. Just bone. right off the bone. I mean, so tender. And what's so good about it with that butter and the honey and the brown sugar, it was like tacky, sticky candy sticking to your teeth. It was just melt in your mouth ribs and I was I am all about it. It's, I will say this it's the best ribs you've ever made on here. Yeah. Wow. Probably the best the ribs you've ever, ever made. I, I really want to make <laughs> I really want to make them for you guys. Yeah, Joel said that. He was like we're making these for the guys. Like it's it's legit. Or how are you guys make them on your own? Uh, do you, so I don't know if you guys realize this or not, but I've made almost those exact same ribs before. Really? The only difference was that I didn't use pack and heat in the rub. Oh, mm. good. And brought a savory you, aspect so to you it. So you use some dumbass yeah. spicy rub or something? Uh, no, I just use double action. Straight oh. double action on the ribs. Okay, that's good. That's good. I'm going <laughs> to tell you, th- there's something about the pack and heat because there's no sugar at all in the pack and heat. It's very savory. It's got, um, you know... I probably shouldn't talk about all the secret ingredients well, in there. Well, no, leave it alone. <laughs> we might want to package this stuff. So, no, but the, um, have you all ever seen people do the candied ribs and they use hot sauce and things like that? Yeah. yeah like, but I've mm. always, I've never made a spicy rib. And I'm not going to say this is spicy where like, oh my God, I can't, it's burning my mouth off. No, it wasn't it super spicy. It left this just beautiful aura of like a, a slight burn in your mouth. It was so good. Yeah, and I've seen people use like a like a Louisiana style hot sauce, yeah. like a crystal hot sauce like as a, a binder. Meat. And mm-hmm. the reason I asked if you used a binder is because I knew I saw saw you guys storying about this earlier. I knew you used the Mike's hot honey. I wonder how Mike's hot honey would do as a binder. Like oh. if you heated it up and glazed the ribs before you put the rub on, that seems like it'd be really tasty. I think it would be I a really good fl- level. I don't know if those sugars would hold up that long for like six, seven hours, you know? That's true. Well, it might double, burn double on there. has sugar in it. But it has like that turbinado sugar in it. That, yeah. that really high quality sugar. It's that a has different the melting, melting point. point. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. The, the honey, like they were saying, it's like this super rich mahogany color, but the, uh, the honey's only been on for half the cook. So if it was on for the entire cook, I can only imagine how much darker it would have gotten. And that's a good point. You know, like a lot of people, you know, you're making homemade rubs and stuff like that. You know, sugar isn't sugar. You know, some of them have a lesser, like a burning point or can tolerate higher temperatures. And that's what we chose for double action was we wanted double action to be that low and slow cook. And we didn't want someone to be, and we also didn't want it to be where it was hard to melt, where someone's sitting there chewing. Have you ever had a rub and it has like that crystally, you're you're chewing on little crunchies because the sugar didn't melt all the way. You don't want it to burn but you also don't want it to crunch. So no. you've got to find that happy medium. And um, I don't know, that Mike's Hot Honey really pulled through. I mean, it, it was candy. I would think, if I really want to make these again, and I want to get the Mike's extra hot. Oh, um, yeah. And I might even want to add a little more pack and heat. Like I, Maybe do a, a two to six. Yeah, I want to get like a, I want to get a good heat on these ribs next time. Like it, it was a great, like believe me, the, the aura was fantastic. It was the, perfect. The flavor was was phenomenal. But I think I would have like for as much for the Mike's hot and the pack and heat and the, and the sweet heat barbecue. I wanted a, I was thinking I wanted a little more heat on there. And I've got to say, if you are like anti heat, like you don't want any heat at all, replace the pack and heat with fully loaded. There you Instead go. Instead of the pack and heat. Add the fully loaded. 
There you go. Like yeah. so fully loaded with double action. Yep. I've never tried that combination before. Oh, baby. It's pretty good. Not gonna lie. It's good. Mm. Mm. Secret, secret. We got secrets. Yeah. Speaking of this, uh, Mike's Hot Honey sponsored podcast. Um, <laughs> j- just this past week, I did our competition wings, and then at the end, I tossed them in Mike's Hot Honey because I've seen Matt do it before, and like, it's so dang good. <laughs> yeah, man. I'm trying that. So yeah, so the wings for that same combination, double action pack and heat. Yep. Yep. And then right. just, just at the just end, our 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 pit barrel wings that like Joel likes to do them two twenty five for ten minutes. Yeah. Um, you know. Uh, <laughs> No, like five, 500 for 15, 20 minutes until they reach that temperature. Um, and then at the end, I just put them in a bowl, put a bunch of Mike's hot honey over them and tossed them. And like, I would almost call it like a glaze, but like honey is so thick. You don't have to make it into a glaze. It just, it is a glaze. Sure. Yeah. You know? It thins out with yeah. the heat. From yeah, the yeah, that's it, yeah. That's how I did the ribs as well. I just glazed the ribs. I didn't even actually put a barbecue sauce on them. It was just a Mike's Hot Honey glazed rib. So mm. very that's tasty. what Joel wanted to do, but I wanted the, the sauce on there. Y'all saw my story. When, when we uh, when we were getting ready to pull them off, I was looking at them. They, they looked amazing. Um, and I was ready to eat them as is. But um, I will say the barbecue sauce, the tackiness it gave it was I don't I don't know. Maybe next time we'll try it without the barbecue sauce just to see what the, you know, the raw seasoning and that honey mixture or whatnot does to it. But All right. So speaking of big wins, you know, back in 2019, us four and the general, Matt's wife. That's right. Julie, our yep. killer team, two years in a row, Eggfest, Chattanooga. We yep. made candied bacon and Dr. Barbecue. What did Dr. Barbecue say about our candied bacon? He said, hey, he y'all. Said- Go ahead, man. That's cheating. That's cheating. That's <laughs> he said cheating, it's cheating. Baby. So this recipe, we made what? I don't even remember how much I made that You're, night. Like three hundred pieces of candied oh, bacon. I was over yeah, there. Bur- I was over there burning tortillas with Jeremy, and you were over here. You left me high and dry on the candied bacon. So that was something mm-hmm. that people kept coming back to our booth for. They were like, "Hey, everybody's talking about that candied bacon." And so um, break that down. Break that's going to be Jeremy. Jeremy, do it. And I, I remember when uh, we were trying to get our menu together for uh, for Eggfest, and you guys were like, I don't know if candy bacon is going to be good enough. Like, <laughs> we have all these, like, complex dishes we're doing. We had, like, the tacos, and, uh, and you know, we did the pimento, and we did all this like, these complex dishes. And I was like, guys, I was like, it's bacon, and it's candied. It's amazing. You just got to try it. And then <laughs> I made and some sweet. for you guys. Yeah, I made some for you guys, and you're like, oh, yeah, we definitely have to have this yeah. on our menu. And that Done. put it in the like, bag for us. Yeah, it was like our dessert for like yeah. like like the dish. You had like we had a series of dishes, and this was like the dessert. Yes, and it's super easy to do. Um, uh, if you if you wanted, you can do it on your smoker, or you can do it in the oven if you want. If you don't have a smoker, uh, but we did on the smoker to get that smoke flavor to it. Um, so um, bacon laid out on a uh, on, on a baking sheet or directly on the racks if your smoker is clean enough. Uh, seasoned uh, nicely with um, with double action, uh, the nice sweet and smoky rub, and then on the top add a little bit extra brown sugar. Um, and then you're, you're going to smoke that for about 45 minutes at 275 degrees. And then what you're going to do is you're going to get a really good maple syrup. Uh, we like to use, um, um, 
uh, Watson's barrel aged syrup. It's a bourbon barrel aged maple syrup. And then um, you're going to do like a thin line down the center of each piece of bacon. So that maple syrup coats the entire top of it and then just let it ride for about 15 more minutes so that that can kind of disperse and cook into the bacon. And then that's it. Well, I think the, you know, if you don't, if you're not getting Watson's, I think just going with a hundred percent absolutely maple syrup is is where is it's there at. a different type than hundred percent like real maple? You syrup? don't know, yeah, sure, Mrs. You don't know Mrs. Buttersworth, <laughs> bruh. Uh, I'm first off, I'm not a racist, so no, and also <laughs> no. But I will say we have done that before. We have gone to Costco and they've got the big jugs of the hundred percent maple syrup. It's a lot cheaper. Um, We do like if we're just cooking a batch for ourselves, we're going to use the really premium Watson's barrel aged syrup. Um, It's syrup that's aged in bourbon barrels. You know we love bourbon. Um, But if you got to crank out a lot of this, you know, go to Costco, get a bottle of a hundred percent maple syrup, and use that instead. And what the, Um, the difference is is the viscosity. In it because you go with it with the stuff. It's a lot has, thinner. Yeah, it's a lot thinner. Less sugary. And like yeah, have the corn, the corn syrup. It's going to burn because you, you're doing a real thin line down the center of each one of these. Uh, you know, so you want some with a pour spout, or if you're doing a ton of it, put some in a squeeze bottle so it's real easy to do. Mm-hmm, that's uh, what I but did. But you want it to kind of just go on there and then coat the entire piece of bacon. You want it to kind of disperse on there so that that thinner um, syrup and then it doesn't have like those cheap sugars that like a Mrs. Buttersworth or something are gonna and because like, those will burn and go rancid on yes, you. Yes. Uh, you want the high quality sh- uh, sugars of the natural maple syrup. Yeah, like Jeremy said, you know, if you really want for a better tip, definitely put it in a squirt bottle and squirt just a thin line on there. If you're trying to dump it on there, it just doesn't work. Another thing is yeah. when you got your um, thick cut bacon, bacon, you can cut the slices. You know, when you've got it in a chunk, cut them in half. That makes it a little easier to do if you want just little bite-sized pieces. And what we did, we just put them in containers um, with like parchment paper and we refrigerated it. And still, we just kind of let it sit out for a little bit and it kind of came to room temperature and still was tacky. And there was actually a time you guys threw a few of those pans on On the the big green egg just to kind of heat up up, a little bit. Yeah, just to kind of give it a warmth. But you can refrigerate it and save it for the next day and just heat them up. Um, such a great appetizer for a party. I, I will say this. I think everything we had at Eggfest 2019 was phenomenal. But I think that candied bacon just like brought people to us. I think that was mm-hmm. th- what put us over the edge. It was sweet and salty. Yeah. And, and you know, and, yeah. I, and I had that pretty, I had that good spiel, you know, you know, I went down, I was like, yeah, you know, this is your, this is your main course. This is your appetizer. And, oh, look, we got a little bit of dessert. Don't you forget want dessert. Yeah, I well, heard don't. that so many times. Yeah. I was about to clob you over the head. With <laughs> don't, a- hey guys, don't forget dessert. Hey. Mm. hey. Car sales. Um, here. Now, keep in mind also those cooking times, 275 for 45 minutes, then another 10 minutes with the maple syrup on the end. Uh, those are smoking temperatures, and and that's why that is that it's such a long cook um, because we, we want to get that smoke flavor into the into the bacon there. Uh, if you're going to do this in your oven at home, you can bump that temperature up to 350 um, and then get the same results in about half the time. You know, mm-hmm. just cut those times in half. And then keep in mind, um, I'm sure um, if you're making this, you've made bacon before, and you know how you like your bacon to be done so if you like your bacon a little less done cook it a little less if you like it a little extra crispy cook it a little extra um you know play with those times a little bit it, it, it's bacon it's not too hard to screw up yeah because it's either extra crispy or you're wrong that's the only <laughs> yeah. that's the only yep. two things yep it's either extra crispy or you know just go get like a burger at mcdonald's or something i mean yeah. like, well, get some microwave I'll, bacon i'll yeah. say this when you after you put all the those elements on that bacon though 
even if you do get it extra crispy, uh, that tackiness though does give it a little bit of a chew. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you know what really grinds my gears is, Tell me, is Jeremy. My bacon. Like Matt, you brought that up and now we're gonna go down a rabbit hole about it. Like that's the most disgusting stuff out there. Don't ever buy that stuff. That's just what? Limp bacon. Microwave bacon. Oh. <laughs> microwave bacon. Hormel. Like, like th- that that pre-cooked stuff you pop in the microwave yeah, and like dude. cook for 30. Ugh. <laughs> that is the worst stuff it's ever. It's nice and quick. Like, it's so bad. You bought it before. I like it. Like, you like the, it? Like, yeah. I would rather not have bacon than have that. Like, I'll tell you, it's a different Julie realm. Julie likes it as well. So don't uh, feel bad, Stacey. Julie yeah, also it's a usually different keeps realm. it in the house. That's horrible. Yeah, like there's <laughs> bacon and then there's like quick and easy microwave bacon that you're just going to throw on some toast and eat. So I'm just saying. No, but yeah, I, I agree. I agree. It's different. It's a different category. I can't do it. It is. So, all right. It's not what? a different category. Like, it, it's like, it, like they should house it next to the trash cans. Like, there's your hot like, garbage right there, buddy. There's your it's hot like, garbage. You know, here's a new trash can and here's something to put into it because it's disgusting. Well, I'm not like, going to, I'm not going to candy my microwave bacon, but I hang my head in shame. So, next candied meat. What do we want to do? Matt, you want to do yours or should we go to the candied wings? I want to do Matt. Matt, bring it, bring us home with some, you know what it is. Yeah. So this is something, it's not really something that I would put in like a pillowcase for uh, Halloween, okay. but it's yeah. when we start talking about like sweet candied meats, this is the thing that comes to my mind. It's uh, what's called a double smoked ham with salted caramel peach glaze. I got to give Ooh. some shout outs here. This is a recipe that my buddy, uh, Harold Stockberger from, Ace uh, Hardware here locally puts together. He does it every year around Thanksgiving, hands the recipes out, and it's kind of become a staple around here as well. The main ingredient here is uh, this little company called Unicoi Preserves from North Georgia sells um, some preserves called Salted Caramel Peach Spread. So you can get it online, or if you're in like the East Tennessee area, you can actually pick it up at your local Ace Hardware. And the way that you do it, it's just a, a spiral cut smoked ham and it's just a standard double smoked ham that you would do like at thanksgiving the difference uh maker here is that you actually make a glaze out of butter brown sugar and that salted caramel peach spread along with some extra salt and then you start brushing that on towards the end like almost lacquering it on as it's smoking man it is absolutely delicious the thing about it is is usually like candied meats are a little bit too sweet for me. But when you've got that large of a piece of meat and just the outside edge is what's so nice and tacky and sweet, Mm -hmm. you've got like the savory inside along with that sweet uh, kick from the outside. It's it's super delicious. So would you care to elaborate on that? Something that we haven't dabbled too much in is like the big cuts of ham or anything like that. So you're getting the spiral ham. Can you kind of walk me through the cook for that? Like temperature time, like what, how that, how that goes? Yeah, it's so easy. So the ham is technically pre-cooked. All you're doing is double smoking it to bring it back up to temp and add some extra flavor. So uh, I usually do it on my Primo. Uh, I did it on a big green egg back when I had a big green egg. I've I've done it on the Traeger before. So all you do is set the smoker to 225. Uh, Something that's kind of a cool tip is you can put a water pan in with some apple juice in to increase the humidity in the smoker. And it actually adds a little bit of a sweetness to it as well. And then uh, 
you just smoke it up until it starts uh, getting close to temp on the inside. You know, you're wanting it to finish at least 165 so that it's technically safe to eat. And then you just start lacquering on that glaze towards the end. And once that gets good and tacky and all your glaze is adhered, pull it off and carve it and eat it. It's it's super easy. Um, sounds phenomenal. No, no. I want to I want to do it. I want to do this this year for Thanksgiving or Christmas. Okay. Yeah. Ooh, and I can great actually, idea. So. I have the printout of Harold's recipe. I can actually send you guys a picture of it. It steps you through step by step because Stacy, I know that you like having step by step instructions. I do. I do. Lay it out for me. Lay yeah. it out. Now I will say, think about this, Christmas. Yeah. You slice that up and you get some buttered Hawaiian rolls and sprinkle some double action on there and toast the insides of them mm. and lay. Listen, the best part of Thanksgiving is the leftovers anyway. And I know that this we're not quite to the Thanksgiving episode yet, yeah. but this is something we normally do at Thanksgiving. The the leftovers on like some Hawaiian rolls, you're absolutely right. That would be delicious. And, but I'm telling you, that butter with the double action, you crisp I'm toasty the buns. I'm already thinking about these flavors, and I'm thinking, what if you put a little clove in that jazz? I, I would just bring Christmas straight to your Oh! And some bourbon in the glaze. Oh, oh my gosh! Oh, oh, take me to heaven, Jesus! That sounds so so good. One up it for sure. Crazy, crazy, crazy. All right, now wings. Here's another award-winning recipe. That's right. Wings should have been award-winning. You know, fractions of a point. Candy does not have to be pork. No, no, it doesn't. Candy can be chicken, right, Jeremy? I think the white law could tell us about it. I think the white law could tell you about it. Yes, tell us. <clears throat> yeah, so last year, uh, 2019, we went to the uh, went to the uh, Wing Fest here in Knoxville, the Big Kahuna Wing Fest. Uh, we took first place in the hot category, but then in the sweet category, we took third place by half a point, first through third. Out of 30-something like teams. Point away from, what's that? Out of 30-something teams. Yeah, out of 30-something teams. Um, and what we did is we did our our, our go-to wing blend, the 6-to-1 double action pack and heat, cooked on the pit barrel. Uh, you've heard us talk about it 100 times. We've already talked about it once on this show. Yep. And then after they came off the pit barrel, we tossed them in a maple bourbon glaze. So it's uh, it's butter, Watson's barrel-aged syrup, uh, a little bit of bourbon, and uh, a splash of Worcestershire that's cooked down all together, uh, kind of concentrated. And then we toss the wings in it and good to go. Now, what was the measurements? I forgot. What is it? So Equal parts? Two, one, one. But don't you? All right, wait, wait. Two, one, one. So can you elaborate? Butter, um, bourbon, butter. Uh, maple syrup. So two parts bourbon or two, par- two parts butter, one part bourbon, one part maple syrup, and then a splash of Worcestershire. So you could do like half a cup of butter, a quarter cup of bourbon, and a quarter cup of the maple syrup. But he also I generally had- do that in tablespoons because a little goes a long way. Okay. <laughs> right. So we had the camp <laughs> chef. You get a cup of this. <laughs> yeah. And going- you're going to take a bath in it. We're going to bottle it. Um, no, we had the camp chef pro 60 out there and Jeremy, mm-hmm. you've, didn't you flambe this, right? Yeah. Yeah. If if you're cooking it at a really high heat and you're not doing a ton of it, you'll 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 cook the bourbon off real fast. But if you're doing a larger batch of it, which I was doing there, uh when you first mix it all together, uh, you know, start with the butter first, let it kind of melt down a little bit and then get all the other ingredients in there. Uh hit it with a lighter or a flame and and, and flambe off the alcohol in the bourbon and then uh allow those those um allow those flavors to come together and uh kind of um uh cook it down a little bit, maybe for five yeah. or ten minutes 
minutes or so. You don't want to burn it or anything. Keep an eye on it. Keep it moving. Uh, you don't, you know, if it starts to boil over, your heat's too high. Uh, you know, you're, you should be about medium heat or so and kind of concentrate it. And then, um, if I'm using it on something, uh, uh, you know, the, uh, the, the wings at the end, we just tossed them in it, but I've used this on salmon and all sorts of different dishes and I'll brush it on throughout the cook. If it's a long cook, but something like wings, we do we just put them in a bowl at the end, gave them a good toss in it and served them up. They were fantastic. Go ahead. Say I know. And we were, so, you know, at wing fest, we're serving all these thousands of people or whatever. And then it came time for the judges table and it went business and us four kind of took over the judges. And we had some other people on our team that were just taking care of the crowds. And I remember mm-hmm. Jeremy and Matt were just slinging things everywhere. And Jeremy's like, keep it moving. So I was just taking that whisk to that pot and I was keeping that glaze of moving because I was cr- afraid. He was like, it's going to burn. It's going to burn. Jeremy so I'm whisking, and Matt whisking. crushed the entire day. Oh man. Crushed the entire day. I'm telling you. And, and I think they Juan, almost was, lost no, their life. No, no, It was a team effort. Truly. I mean, if, if we hadn't had the help that you guys pulled in that day, and I know this is totally off topic at this point, but there's no way we would have been able to get all that done. And then I had to save yeah. lives in the booth the next That's to me. That's true too. <laughs> mm-hmm. I'm just it's not funny, but I mean, like you did, uh, you did. I was like, life. screw these wings. This guy's about to grow. <laughs> this guy's dying over here. <laughs> no, he, yeah. He but was no, a sweet, sweet man. I'll say, Jeremy, like, I think flambéing the glaze like you did, um, I think that's key. I think because burning off that alcohol brings for, forward the caramels and the vanillas and whatever note of the bourbon you put in there, I think it brings all that forward and helps you recognize it more besides getting that alcoholic flavor off of the glaze. Yeah, you're intensifying those bourbon flavors while being able to ignore the alcohol completely. Yes, exactly. And last but not least, you can't talk about meat candy or candied meats without pork belly burnt ends. Yes. And there's different variations of that. Who wants to take it? And Dan. And Dan. <laughs> Jeremy, you're the, you're the, I know you've said, I know, let's go back to Jer- Jeremy. But you're the one who always done, does burn in rep- recipes for Instagram. So even though he doesn't master. care to eat them that much. So guys, yeah. we're going to talk about right now, candy pork belly burnt ends. Jeremy, tell us about it. I would love to tell you guys all about this recipe. <laughs> hey, we don't call him the resident chef for a reason. He did straight. Um, so I make, I keep making burnt ends over and over because I want to like them. And I think every time I make them, they're a little bit better and a little bit better. Um, and so that's why I keep making them that, <laughs> um, but pork belly burnt ends. Um, if you really want to embrace those sweet, sweet flavors, um, pork belly is probably going to be your best option. Um, traditional burnt ends are, are with beef, um, you know, be- brisket or uh, poor man's burnt ends with like a chuck roast. Yeah. Uh, but beef doesn't take those sweet flavors like pork really does. Um, so uh, pork belly burnt ends, you get a, a whole or half, however much pork belly you want, cube it up into about inch size cubes. Uh, they're going to shrink a little bit, but you're really looking for like a nice bite size cube. Uh, you're going to, you're going to smoke them, uh, low and slow, uh, 225, 275, whatever your preferred temperature is. Um, and then I, I usually pick one out, um, and, and I stick my probe in that guy and I use him as my little tester and stick uh, a probe that in guy that guy. Hit, how many, that? how you many stick a probe in that guy? How many times? Yeah. Um, over and over, over and over and over in the same hole. Sorry. You have to be careful because you'll blow the hole out. Uh, <laughs> you're talking about a real small guy here. Uh, uh, anyways, go on. <laughs> you called it a guy. Anyways, just put a so, couple stitches in there. It's all right. I, 
I just choose one as like a little sacrificial guy and, and uh, I put the probe in there and that, that kind of tells me like where the rest of them are doing because you don't have a big piece in there. You have just these little tiny cubes. Um, oh, I should have prefaced that um, these were seasoned with reload rub double action. And then if you like a little bit of heat on them, throw some packing heat on there too, which uh, that's, that's normally what I do is that six to one pork rub. Matt? So, so you've done uh these three different you said you can do it with brisket uh point or chuck roast or pork belly it's all basically the same recipe which of the three is your preference i think i was pretty clear about this i don't like brennan's at all so <laughs> but, but i, I continue to make a pork belly thing or, or i've never what? tried the um, um, chuck roast i i yeah the, the chuck roast were good um i would like to make like a savory brisket burn end and see how yeah. I like that. Yeah. I think the brisket's be like ones are good. Um, because I don't think beef accept those sweet flavors as much. But if you go to a restaurant and order brisket burn ends, they're going to be pretty sweet for you. We, um, yeah. our neighbor actually a few weeks ago, he made a, uh, Haltman family meats, whole packer brisket with Magnum. And then he made some, uh, brisket burnt ends with those and brought them over. So they had the Magnum on there. So it was a more savory with a little bit of sweet and they were fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Sounds good. Anyways, so so you have your your pork belly. It's seasoned. It's cubed up. You're smoking it. uh, You hit the stall. Then what I do is uh, I transfer all of that cubed up pork belly into um, into one of those uh, like tin foil uh, hotel pans. Yeah. And then uh, and then that's where I start building all the flavors in there. Um, And you really go to town there. um, You know, throw some butter in there. Throw some honey in there. Throw some maple syrup in there. uh, Throw whatever what whatever flavors you want to build. Throw them in there. Uh, You can add your barbecue sauce in there. You can do whatever, you know, you build that flavor that you really want to amplify in there. And I've done it uh, half a dozen different ways. And I do do it different each time. It's just, what do I have on hand and what do I want to emphasize there? Uh, Did you have a comment before we move on, Joel? I did. So one thing about pork belly butt burn ends, I'm with you, Jeremy. They're not my favorite. Um, Like it's good, but it's, it's the consistency that I don't like. You're not going to eat like a giant plate, like, and not a Jeremy sized brisket plate of them. No, but here is but something. I will eat a Jeremy sized plate of bacon. So Word. that's what I was going to say. Like the candied bacon, I would take that any day over I a get, pork belly burn. And it's the same thing. That. Yeah. Well, yeah. here's my, here's something that I want to throw out to you guys. that I actually want to try. I want to smoke a pork belly just like, you know, the normal rigmarole. But at the end, I, before I sauce it, I want to, fry it i want to throw it in a a hot and fast deep fry to get that fat cap on there crispy pull it out toss it in barbecue sauce and then eat it to maybe get a little bit of a crunch on that fat cap to kind of because that's the biggest thing for me is it it, the, the flavor profiles are great but the sponginess is what i don't like when it comes yeah. to pork belly. So that I'm going to, I'm going to be trying this the next time we get a pork belly over here at the lick Lighter household. But, um, I wanted your all thoughts on that. Do you think deep frying those cubes after they were smoked? Maybe. Yeah. Or just a hard sear. I think that's be- what I was going to say. Throw it in like a cast iron skillet and do a hard sear on butter. it. I'd do that before I put it in a vat of oil. Yeah. 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 Cause it's only going to get more oily. <laughs> so- Oh my God! So happened. <laughs> Got you so choked up. <laughs> you okay? No. You ever, right. you ever had something go down the wrong pipe? It's kind of it's kind of inconvenience. 
All right, so it's time to take a break. Oh, I think we've hey, covered hey guys, everything. Uh, you guys kept interrupting that pork belly recipe. I never finished it. Oh. oh. <laughs> my bad. I was Always finish. Say, uh, my, my opinion on Joel deep frying uh, pork belly is that he probably shouldn't bring that up in the middle of me explaining a recipe. <laughs> you said you said anything I else said, before I get out of here. Before I move on on this recipe, I thought you were going to say something about like the flavor profiles of like building that in the pan because that's where we're setting right well, now. No, so he had he had a whole yeah. idea coming. Well, I thought you were done, sir. What? So what do you do after the pan? I'm genuine. I thought that was the end it's because like the I've always ended them. It's the so, so you build your your flavors, your sweet profile inside that pan you cover it you take your sacrificial one and you probe it again you put it back in the smoker uh 275 whatever you're running get it up to that uh that rendered temperature 202 wherever you like it test a few of them out uh then take your probe out uh pull the cover off of that uh off of that pan, um, t- toss them around cause they're, cause they've been sitting there for another hour or two. Yeah. And then, um, it, it's kind of like the three, two, one ribs. This is the, ver- th- this is the last part where you let them tack back up in that sauce. You let it evaporate a little bit cause it's been sitting in there. Um, um, what's the word, uh, when it's covered, um, Braising. Matt. Braising. It's been sitting there braising. So, so let the steam get off it. Let it tack back up again about another hour in there. Um, make sure they're, you know, test a few of them with your probe, make sure they're at the temperature you want. And then, uh, and then that's where you would pull them off and let them cool down just a little bit before you serve them. Because, um, you know, that, that sauce that you built on the outside will kind of harden back up a little bit and, uh, get that tackiness to it and not be so runny. And that's the key to making them a candied type of uh mm-hmm. yeah the, the key is letting me finish the recipe and not coming in with uh deep frying bacon you fucking asked man <laughs> <laughs> bleep it <and> bleep <laughs> uh, so but uh, after all that are you done i am done with that recipe do you have something you would like to add to that recipe joel the end. Stacy, would you like to take us to break? All right. I think we've covered meat candies. <laughs> I think all of you guys should give these recipes a try. We've given you the rundown on them. Give us, give them a try. Make sure you tag that reload podcast. We want to see what you've made. It makes us get all warm and fuzzy inside when we see you guys making the recipes. Yeah. Matt. I want to see pictures of people making these and then putting them in pillowcases. That's really all I'm here for. If you put yeah. it in a pillowcase, I'll send you... A TRP coaster. That's kind of Halloweenish. You see that? <laughs> you, 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 oh, but you see that? You see the barbecue sauce coming through the white pillowcase? We're gonna get like uh, five hundred. Handed out to the kids trick or treating, right? Oh, that's the best. I want to see yes. a plate of meat candy with kids in Halloween costumes behind. These little yeah. children pull up and they get these soggy cubes. Screw COVID. <laughs> no wrapper or anything. Yeah. They're just dumped off into the candy mm-hmm. bucket. There you go, kids. No napkins needed. Okay, well, we're taking a yeah. break, and we're going to come back with Rapid Fire with Jeremy, followed by Reload Recommends with Joel. See you on the other side.
Welcome back to the show, everybody. We are going to jump into your favorite section, the thing you've been waiting through Joel talking endlessly about nonsense stuff all night just to get to this part of the show. And then? This is... Rapid Fire Questions. (laughs) (laughs) All right, guys. uh, Tonight, let's go Joel, Stacy, Matt. Hey-o. That's you or you're in on my screen. All right, guys, the first question of the nights. The trifecta is upon us. The trifecta of, of holidays. Halloween, Thanksgiving, and Christmas. Which is your favorite, Joel? That would be Christmas. I love Christmas. I love the Christmas songs. Um, I can listen to Christmas music all year round. I love the food at Christmas, and I love the surprise element that comes with Christmas, not to mention our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Little six pound, seven ounce baby Jesus. Oh, every pound of him, every ounce. Stacy, we do know your answer, but would you like to go ahead and say it? <laughs> is that Thanksgiving music? Yes, it is. Brown sugar, ham. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Picking up turkey vibes off that one. Michael Ma- Michael Myers is a bitch. I could kick his ass. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, baby. At least Love he knows how toughness. to stay committed to one woman. <laughs> Matt. Uh, man, Thanksgiving, believe it or not, that's my favorite. I love cooking. I love mm-hmm. cooking for people. Um, I'm a little sad. It doesn't seem like that's going to work out this year just because our due date is like four days before Thanksgiving. Oh, so it'll be people bringing. This will be the first year in like five years that we haven't hosted both sides of the family. Like normally my family and the in-laws all come over to our place and we cook and it's just like i don't know man it's just like that's the that's it represents everything that i love about life like yeah. getting the family yeah. together cooking drinking it's it's a good time so that's my favorite holiday why don't we have a virtual like, friendsgiving we should do that ooh yeah we can be eating like mashed potatoes and gravies and all them things because and like Ju- staring at your sweet face because julie's going to be yeah. going through like crazy ass contractions that's why <laughs> Friendsgiving! Yeah. It truly is like the Super Bowl of cooking. All right, guys, next question. When you got married, the man who fermented cheese since the day you were born fed you said cheese. What kind of cheese was it, Joel? Smoked Gouda. Stacy. Okay, can you ask that one more time? (laughs) When you got married, the man who is fermenting cheese since the day you were born fed you said cheese. What kind of cheese was it? I mean, is this saying like, what's my favorite cheese Just or like what's been cheese. fermenting that long? Name a damn cheese. I think the question was pretty clear. I don't Blue know cheese. Clear. Blue cheese. Okay. Matt. Toe cheese? Uh, oh, oh, that's. <laughs> Toe jam? Okay. <laughs> I don't know what the point of the question is. What's the reference? Charcuterie board down there. <laughs> <laughs> Yuck. All right, guys, next question. <laughs> <laughs> Would you eat caribou pizza dough, Joel? I love them sweet breads. Hell yeah. Stacy. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Matt? Like caribou coffee? Yeah, probably. No, cari- caribou pizza dough. That's in quotation marks. Yeah. Assuming yeah. that it's piece of dough that comes from caribou coffee, yeah, probably. It's the sack of fat behind the caribou's eye. You eat it raw, and it has the consistency of pizza dough. Oh, yeah. hard pass. They call us. <laughs> they, they call us sweetbreads. Well, I'm assuming if they're talking about this, it must be like this decadent thing. So I'd try it. 
It so anyways, with some fully loaded like on I it. Would, I not, would gag. I'm no not rabbit holing on this. Go ahead, Jeremy. <laughs> You're not using it. Nope. All right, y'all. As hunters and shooters of guns, how often do you find that copper pens are stopping your bullets? Joel. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> oh yeah. You know, all the time. You know, you know it's, you're out hunting a deer it's and it has a copper pen. Yeah. Like those, those, ner- those, those, the real nerdy ones with the pocket protectors, and they, they got those things lined. Yeah, I mean, like I can't. Might as well call it a bulletproof vest, it's right? It's like I, I don't even try to shoot at them anymore. Do you know yeah. where this is coming from? Yes, I do. Stacy, okay. uh, go ahead. Um, it is on my. Uh, it hasn't happened yet, but it's on my list and to go in my prepper bag. Yes. A, a copper pen for personal protection. I need personal protection. You never know. For the vitals in my in my body. I'm going to put a pen here, and I'm going to put a pen here, here, and here, and here. I'm going to line yeah. my whole entire chest with pens, mm-hmm. Rambo style. Like both tits will be covered exactly. in copper pens. Exactly. Yes. <laughs> a, a very soft, pliable metal hollow tube to stop the bullets. Uh, Matt, uh, would you like to go ahead and answer this one? Uh, it happens so often, I just keep like a cache of copper pens, man. Every time it happens, I've got a fresh one ready to go swapping in. That and copper. I just want to say, shout out to my homeboys at Big Idea Design. I love your copper pens. <laughs> that copper right, is so bulletproof. Yeah. Next question. Is it true or false? Candy corn is worse than useless. Joel. <laughs> Fucking true. Oh, sorry, Stacey. Matt. True. Matt. It, it's just, you open the package, throw straight in garbage. That's how you eat it. it ju- just like microwave bacon. Good point. Next question. <laughs> what is the dumbest animal in the jungle? Joel. That would be the sloth. I was going to say that. Sorry, I'm first. Oh, oh sloth. Matt. Uh, I did. The with dumbest a, a animal gerbil. in the jungle. Come on, Stace. Come back to Stace. She's got. No, better. I wanted to say. Sloth. You're better than that. Well, what was your answer? She said sloth. A toucan, then a toucan. <laughs> Follow you your nose to the great fruity taste. <laughs> Matt, Jerry, what the heck kind of question is this? Just pick a dumb animal, Matt. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> I don't know. Ant eater. Matt says ants. A fox. Are they Ooh. in the jungle? Fox are sly. And they're made in the forest. Wait a minute. Are they in the jungle too? <laughs> See, I knew no. whatever I said was going to well, be Hold wrong. on, guys. L- That's l- why I didn't want to answer. Let me clear this up for you. The answer is the polar bear. That's, no, the polar bear is not in a jungle. That's, That's a pickle. That's why it's dumb. Oh! My eyes are rolling so hard. I'm gonna be crossing. Hey, I, from I can on. see. I can it's see the wall right now. Guys. Good yeah. grief! Yeah, never get it. Joel, Pickle. are wind chimes? <laughs> Joel, are wind chimes made from the bones of robots that tried to overthrow us and hung as a warning to the others? Yes, one hundred thousand percent. Are wind like chimes? Stacy. Wing times? Wing. <laughs> wind chimes. Oh, wind chimes. Are they bones? <laughs> are they made from the bones of the robots that tried to overthrow us and hung as a warning to the others? No, they're beautiful sounds that relax me. Shut your mouth. Terrorists. They're just not bones. Matt? I'll never think of wind chimes in the same way again. Absolutely, that has to be true. It makes total sense. It yeah. makes uh, complete sense. All right, guys. According to MGS, what is every parent's dream? Joel. 
Hey. What is MGS? I'm so glad I'm last on this round. That's just what the question says, Joel. Come on now. Repeat the question, please. According to MGS, what is every parent's dream? Put your phone down, Casey. Put your phone down. I'm looking up MGS. To uh, Yeah, that's the point. Put your phone down. <laughs> put it down. Um, no, don't put it down and play with it. It said Metal Gear Solid, so. What is every parent's dream to... Just answer. I was giving you a little color context with the MGS thing, but what is every parent's dream? To have their kids be more successful than they are. Okay. Stacy. I want my kids to be happy. Okay. Matt, future father. Uh, I, want, I want your kids to be safe and healthy. Yes. Uh, the answer is to have your children grow up and marry each other. Ew! Well, that's disgusting. And I hope, but I hope and Michael my- G. Scott. Michael Gary Scott said that. <laughs> <laughs> I hope mine lands some major babes. Anyways. If you can't tell from these questions, I recently watched the finale of The Office, and a lot of these were from the finale of The Office, including the cheese thing. <laughs> that last one was like, what the frick? That's his only line in the finale. Uh, everyone's happy, and they're all getting married, and he's like, it's it's every parent's dream that their children would grow up and marry each other. It's <laughs> terrible. And that brings us to the end tonight. The final question. Mr. Joel. Are Reload Rubs the greatest seasoning of all time? Was that last one the most incestual question you've ever asked? I'm not sure. I don't really keep a record of that sort of thing. Sure. Tracy? Is candy corn nothing but sweetened candles? Ooh. It might not, it might not even be sweetened. <laughs> it's just wax. Not too far. Uh, <laughs> yes, of course. Like always, and that brings us to the end of this round. I'm going to go to Joel for... That's right, guys. It's time for that segment that you love. The last segment of the podcast that you've been waiting for. Way better than Jeremy's. We love that you all are here right now to listen to... Reload! Recommendations! Recommendations! Reload! That was a really good one. I know, but the segue into it was really bad. All right, guys. So we are going to bust into this right now. Read the recommendation. We recommend things that we think are badass and awesome. And we're going to start right now. First, jumping it off with Matt Farr, going to Jeremy, Stacy, and ending with yours truly. So, Matt, tell us what you got this week. All right. So this week for Matt's music, I am bringing back a song that didn't make it onto our last episode because it's already on the playlist and we <laughs> lost reload recommends on the last episode so i'm bringing back a, a song called big iron by a guy named culture wall uh the album is called western swing and waltzes and other punchy songs it just came out this year i actually think culture wall might have been uh featured on jre also so he's kind of blowing up the guy's got like this crazy uh johnny cash sound I really like it. This is a song called Big Iron. To the town of our field, old stranger one finally. Hardly spoke folks around him, didn't have too much to say. No one there to ask his business, no one there to So, for the first time ever, I actually am bringing you a twofer for Matt's music. Two Later. 
later on this same album. <laughs> Sorry. Coulter Wall has this song called Talkin' Prairie Boy, and I've been hesitant to put this on the playlist, although I love it because it's the song where he's playing an acoustic guitar, but he's just telling a story over top of the guitar. There's no like chorus, verse, bridge like you might normally hear in a song. But the, Mm -hmm. the song tells the story of a guy from out west coming to Nashville sitting down and a guy approaches him asking if he's got any work. The guy, very clearly a hipster, wearing a cowboy hat, drinking IPAs, and Coulter Wall's character, uh, the guy that's legitimately from out west, kind of just makes fun of him. It's a hilarious song. It's uh, a, a good listen, but I would encourage you to go out and listen to Talkin' Prairie Boy by Coulter Wall. Listen to the whole thing. I'm not even going to play you a clip of it because it just wouldn't do the song justice. So go check it out, Talkin' Prairie Boy by Coulter Wall. I will say that this Coulter Wall guy has really long descriptions to his albums and songs, but yes. it did sound very Johnny Cash esque. So I will, yeah. I, I can't wait to give it a listen for sure. Jeremy, what you got, boss man? I feel like because my uh, my recommends was lost from our previous episode, <sighs> that uh, that I should reiterate that one. Um, so <laughs> I think I'm gonna. I think I'm going to hit that one uh, again. Uh, do you guys remember what that one was? No. No. <laughs> I have no idea. I intri- I, I Is this the you- one where I'm going to have to edit a lot? No, 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 no. That was okay. the rapid fire. Um, <laughs> this is where I introduced you guys to a very unique Japanese word. And the word is kuchi shabishi. Do you guys remember what this is? I don't. <laughs> I vaguely remember this It is the act of putting food in your mouth because your mouth is lonely. Like you, and I just thought say, that was the best can thing. Can you say it again? Kuchi habishi? Kuchi. Kuchi. It's, it's kuchi sabishi. Kuchi sabishi. Kuchi sabishi. Yes. How did you Put something in that, my mouth because it's lonely. That's terrible. <laughs> well, honey, um, honey. Well, how do I, how do, I think we had this conversation last time too, Matt. And it's how, how do I learn any of the things I learn? Come on now. How? Jack of all trades. You know what, Jeremy? Somehow you manage. Somehow. I manage. <laughs> I can only imagine it's from the time that you spent in Japan teaching English to the young Japanese people, yes. and they taught you this. No, that's Thai. I've no. never been to Japan, and uh, part of that is because I haven't found someone I really want to go with because I want to go and eat like the craziest, most off the wall shit, and like I don't know that anybody. Joel, I- I'm looking at you, but at the same time, um, there's nothing. I don't know, there's, man. there's nothing I won't put in my mouth, Jeremy. I know, but you'd like put someone's shoe in your mouth too. Like I need someone with a little bit of discernment. Oh, bullshit. Come on. (laughs) (laughs) Come on, man. Moving on. Stacey, what you got? All right. I've got a really good recommendation. I want you guys to all go out and do this. This is a movie on Netflix. And usually I'm not a fan of this actor, David Spade. But the movie is called The Wrong Missy. Oh my god! Have you guys seen this movie? It's so good. No, how are you not a fan of David Spade? Have you not seen okay. Joe Dirt? Is Joe oh. Dirt not like one of the top ten best movies of yes! all time? Can I can I tell you? Can I tell you? I've never seen it. Joe Dirt. So I like David Spade in his SNL days. Um, the last the last few bits, I've never seen Joe Dirt. So. I've just kind oh, of been what? a little. I know. Hey, no, Matt. That's a Matt, space peanut. She wouldn't like it. She would watch Joe Dart and go, this is freaking stupid. 
she wouldn't like it. I know, but but this, is this movie not amazing? This movie's fantastic. So this movie is a comedy. It's a Netflix original. <laughs> this movie's a Netflix original, and it just came out, I think, like maybe this month or last month, and it's basically about a guy who breaks up with, or his fiance breaks up with him, and... He has to go on a work retreat to a, like, all-inclusive... Was it an all-inclusive resort type deal? Yep. And he had met this wonderful girl, and he calls the wrong girl. He calls... He asks the girl from a terrible, terrible first date. Texts her instead of the the dream girl. You're not describing this well. Sorry. He goes on a date with this crazy-ass bitch, okay? She is (laughs) fucking nuts, okay? And it's it's hilarious. But then- And then he meets a dream girl, but they have the same name. So he texts the wrong Missy to go on the trip. So this train wreck girl goes on this- work retreat with him to an all-inclusive resort and it is like I was crying laughing it's so funny and the dream girl is like a bombshell yeah you know what I mean she was like Miss Georgia or something like that and she's sweet and smart and oh 100% so just watch it I mean it's so bonkers but it's so funny and it you know it's on Netflix so you gotta watch it what's it called What's it called one more time? The Wrong Missy. It is a 100%. I watched it twice in one day because I watched it and I was like, Joel, you've got to watch this. And we were just crying. 100% a guaranteed love. Uh, you have to watch it. So. I'm writing it down. I'm going to go watch it. All right. Yes. No. All right. Watch it with the general, please. Rounding yep. things <laughs> rounding things out. You know, Jeremy, me and you were talking the other night and we actually brought up, and I know we've talked about it on this podcast a couple of times. Um, Steve Ranella, the meat eater. Mm-hmm. Me and yep. you were, we, we were talking about some things and then actually it was, it was, it was the night that we talked, we, we drank the, um, the, the, the will, ride, it. the will at ride together. And, um, I came home, Stacey went to bed early. I was on the couch and I was going through Netflix and I came across this. It was in 2018 that he published this. It was a documentary and the documentary is called stars in the sky, a hunting story. And me as a hunter, I just, you know what, as much as sometimes he does things and I'm like, okay, you know, yeah, whatever. Um, he's still to me, the Godfather and the way he breaks down what hunting is and why it is an inherent, um, you know, almost like genetic thing for us as humans, um, and all life on earth. Um, the way he breaks this down, this, this documentary is so good. And I encourage anyone, I don't care if you're a vegan, vegetarian, um, non-hunter, or if you're a hunter, um, break this thing. He breaks it down from like the bad PR that hunters get from the, the dumbass reds, you know, that, that they go out there and, and, and do really stupid crap to even the ones that are, are beyond too, they're too pure. Um, it's, it's a great, great representation of why hunting is essential why we as humans um were born to be this way so check it out it is called once again open my damn phone it is called stars in the sky a hunting story highly 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 recommend i was actually i shed a little tear at the very end of the damn thing check it out so all right, guys. No comment. No, nothing. You gonna watch it? Maybe. No. Just fucking watch it. All right. 
<laughs> They'd rather watch the train wreck date. <laughs> all right, that's the end of the show, guys. We love you all. We appreciate everything you do. We hope you enjoyed this special episode. We hope you enjoyed all the recipes that we laid down. We hope you subscribe to this to this podcast right now. Do it. Do it right now. So you can listen to that Reload podcast anytime, anywhere. We love you guys. And we'll see you on the next show. See you next Tuesday. This podcast is brought to you by Reload Rub and Seasoning. Head to ReloadRub.com to pick up the full arsenal of our delicious blends, perfect for amping up your next meal. No MSG, clean ingredients, and a portion of every sale is donated to Hungry Heroes, serving those who serve others. So head over to ReloadRub.com and order yours today. Matt is holding his his glass like it's the Statue of Liberty, like flame. <laughs> He's like. <laughs>